Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Everybody. Hello. Happy holidays. We are back. I know it's not a Thursday, but it is Black Friday. Hope everybody had a great happy Thanksgiving in here in the States. If you're watching internationally, it's just another day for you. <laughs> um, so, Char, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, lots to eat. Uh, lots of good family time. And yeah. uh, how about you, Luke? It was good. Um, today didn't go the way I wanted it to, but that, that's for another conversation for another day. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I'm just glad that I won't have to watch my team suffer on Saturdays anymore. That's good. I mean, it's over. It's going to free up my fantasy team, but you know, (laughs) oh, well, not that one college team. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, real quick. Uh, hold on. We got our new banner behind us. We do. Uh, um, thanks to ooh, aggressive trash. I think is her name. I I, I should have learned it. Aggressive trash. I think. Uh, yeah, name. aggressive trash. I followed her on TikTok and yeah, I saw she that did she posted a, it. Yeah, and I was just overall impressed. Yeah, she was did amazing. an amazing job. So if you guys ever want something done, go follow her on TikTok and Instagram. She did an amazing job. Um, and she didn't, it didn't take her very much, uh, very long. Uh, if you guys can see the back of it, which you might be able to later, it looks really similar to us, especially Char's. I'd say Char's is more like him than mine is mine. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. But when I, when I, when I show that to my friends and they're like, oh my God, it looks just like you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but guys, we are going to get into it with two amazing guests tonight. We're going to be talking Mandalore season two, episodes 12, 13, and 14. Uh, but let's get into it. Never was made it as Obi-Wan's battle. But you might make it as mine. All right, let's bring in our guest, Beth. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys doing? Good. Very good. This is her technically her second appearance on the podcast she was on the community episode but she's this is her first time talking clone wars talking some mandalore 
She's I'm... our uh, she's our Mandalore lawyer for sure. <laughs> Mandalore. 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 You know what? Mandalore. You should change. You should change yours and be like the Mandalore. <laughs> that would be a great new handle. If you ever want to rebrand, that you got to claim that now. I was just gonna say I'm gonna have to go get it right after this. Oh yeah, you have to. You might as well do it right now. I'm just telling you, you're gonna need it. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and Julia. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm at my mom's house, sitting in the creepy basement, uh, shrouded in darkness. But oh. I'm hey. very excited to be here to talk some uh, Clone Wars. So, and Beth is here, and you know. Beth, yeah. I love you. So, like, this is there. Very- you go. Yeah. Hey, it's a win-win situation. We're winning here. Yeah. It's a great way to spend your Friday night. It's to be I out mean, with it, all of us. It is actually for me. This is like the level of socialization I'm really comfortable with. <laughs> and I don't mean go. that in like a bad way. I mean, like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, Julius, before we started, she said that she's got a picture of a uh. What what was it again? The, the creepy little girl. Okay. So chat. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, Let us know. Sure Let us know here. nothing's happening over in that section yeah, of the room. I'm a little worried about it because it is, it is, you know, pretty perfect like paranormal activity, like vibes right now. So, oh yeah, no, keep an eye on that, please. No, yeah, yeah, just keep an eye. All right, guys, uh, let's get into it. So we are going to be talking about season two, episode 12, first Mandalore plot. Char, are you ready to go? I am. I I don't know about all of you guys, but just know that I am ready to go. And do you have your three interesting facts? Are you doing the three interesting facts of each episode, or are you doing it of the whole entire arc? The arc. Yeah. Okay. I I really that was a hit. That was a hit last week. So just so you know, it was really good. I got a lot nice. of positive, positive feedback. I'm, so, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad that everyone liked it. Let's uh, jump into this, Char. Let's do it. Let's dive in. First episode, Mandalore Lost. All right, let me uh, read the plot summary for you. Yep. (laughs) Let me uh, take a second to uh, plot the summary. Okay. I got to do this three times. Usually last week it was only one, which made it a lot easier. But all right. So are you ready? Yeah. And diplomacy or deception. The Council of Neutral Systems speak for over 1,500 worlds who want to stay out of the war, but rumors have reached the Republic Senate suggesting that the Council's new leader, Duchess Satine of Mandalore, is secretly building her own army to fight for the Separatist cause. Now, Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi has been sent to Mandalore to discover the truth behind these claims. Good job, Char. Uh, I would say I'll, I'll be a little bit more critical. I think it was 8 out of 10. You missed a couple of spots with that, but you're good. You, 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 I see we're getting. I got two more chances. I got two more you chances. You do. You do. <laughs> so we all, all right. don't have a great. I mean, technically, you have like dozens and dozens of more chances. <laughs> you're only on season that... two. So I feel like by the time you get to season like seven, year. it's going to be like. like eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we start off with Obi-Wan showing up to Mandalore. Um, and honestly, this arc is probably one of my favorites. Um, and I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about, even, even we're, I feel like this is going to be a, just a, a amazing conversation in general, but, uh, I'm glad we're talking about it now, especially with Obi-Wan coming into the, the factor here in what, either in March or in May. 
Um, I think we're going to get a lot of callbacks to the Clone Wars, especially with possibly Satine showing up. So people that haven't seen this arc are going to get a lot of backstory that is going to be useful for them. Absolutely. Um, so we start off, Obi-Wan shows up and funny thing, you know, the guard that shows up in the, in, uh, that says that the, the Duchess is waiting voiced by Matt Lanter. Oh, wow. I, I, you know what? I just have a, I, I've watched Clone Wars so many times, but I can pick out the yeah. other, the, the, the typical actor's voice, but it's a lot lower Matt Lanter voice, but it's him. Mm. So I thought that was funny. Um, so he, and Obi Wan says, "I never, uh, I never want to keep the Duchess waiting, or something well, like that." Me to keep the Duchess waiting. Yeah. I think, think Beth and I could probably just, if you want us to do the whole episode, um, <laughs> because when we were at Disneyland this past summer, we made so many TikToks of like the audios of Obi Wan and Satine, and I think we pretty much just memorized the, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be do. I apologize. I am going to be doing that the whole the whole episode. You know what? And that's going to be great yeah. because I'm not going to. Rem- I don't. Rem- I've I. Yeah, I'm going to need a refresher sometimes because I just I don't know the exact words. And I'm glad you're on top of it, Julia. Thank you. Um, yeah, we got it down like we I mean, the whole the whole arc. We even went. We had some lawless moments. I know that's later, mm-hmm. but like we're ready. I'm- so, I'm yeah. telling you, I'm telling you, the back and forth. I'm gonna need the back and forth when he gets captured, cause that's that's pure gold. Yeah. Um. So Obi Wan shows up. He talks to Prime Minister Almac first. Um. Almac is pretty much like we haven't we've changed our ways. I don't really know. See, like when you watch the Clone Wars and they, this is like your first upper mention of Mandalore, ever. And he talks about, oh, we haven't had been in our warrior ways. For a long time he never really spent he never really like specifies when that really ended so like when we see that it's it's like jarring because it's like because if you played the old republic then you kind of know where that time period is mm-hmm. but like for a viewer that's never that doesn't have any other context it's like uh what's going on right. um which i don't know if either of you have any more insight of when the mandalorians really sure cut off from what they are now (laughs) (laughs) what if i both of us had detailed timelines like how crazy would that be um but i was just gonna say um earlier um a little bit ago on twitter john jackson miller and paulo hidalgo were talking about the importance of using language in canon materials that doesn't necessarily like make really weird finite statements so he showed an example of like uh, novelization of one of the original trilogy books where it says this was only the second time Luke had left the planet and like he's like well that just pretty much throws all the other creatives under the bus because now you have to deal with this very finite rule that you've created and John Jackson Miller posted like yeah when I took this canon writing workshop it was all about how the more kind of not vague but like not using always never first time last time that stuff unless it's sort of been agreed upon by the story group and so I think the Mandalorian timeline falls into a lot of that where mm, okay. they wanted to keep it open for future storytelling. And they also didn't want to sort of nail down any particular dates um, because that really sort of boxes you in. And I think even now we're later in the Mandalorian, it's like, when did the purge happen? When did Bo-Katan lose X, Y, or Z? Like 
we might get a, dates for that eventually but i think mm-hmm. they try to keep that stuff open for as long as possible because you just have so many more possibilities that being said i think fans have come up with a pretty solid timeline um and it's weird because it seems like that sort of whole war ended 15 16 years ago Mm -hmm. um and the duchess does have a nephew who is 15 or 16 years it seems like it's roughly the corky age is how long ago this war ended Mm -hmm. just a weird little fun fact Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and we'll get we'll get to that boy in a in a. There will be mentions of that boy <laughs> here soon. Um, boy. Oh yeah, yeah, Julia's boy. It's like it's my boy. It, I and you know what? I respect. If the team doesn't the, want to claim him. I will do it. It's no, fun. absolutely. I and you could use you could use him as a write off for taxes. Exactly. I, I mean, win win, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So then, Satine. Uh, I can't remember exactly what was said between All Mac and Obi Wan, but Obi Wan was like, uh, he was wearing a, uh, he was, uh, we had a uh, separatist saboteur who was wearing Mandalorian armor, and All Mac was like all defensive and. Jango like, Fett was a common bounty hunter. Yeah, and that's yeah. where you that's that was the first real canon thing of saying, uh, Jango was not a bounty hunter or not a bounty hunter, but was not a Mandalorian. Yeah. Um. And so that was nice when when you first watch it because it was still up in the air back in the day because it was like, is he, isn't he? And that was our first really solid evidence that he was not a Mandalorian, um, which kind of muddied the water a little bit to uh, what what makes a Mandalorian or what is a Mandalorian. Uh, so and, and, and this is the first episode that we get Jon Favreau. And this is the seeds of where the Mandalorian really became a thing. In my eyes, because I mean, this is the first pairing of John and Dave. Um, so this is this is just pure gold for me. Um, so Obi Wan Satine shows up, and I mean, the back and forth between these two is just amazing. Um, how they play they play a game of wits for a little bit. And they they they're they're being nice and all, and then all of a sudden it's like Satine kind of throws a jab that's that's not meaning to be hurtful, but Obi Wan kind of takes it as that. What were your guys' takes on that back and forth? I'm waiting for Beth to go because I don't want to just talk all the time. So. <laughs> You can talk. I'm trying to think. I'm like, how do I extrapolate this? Like, have not, not, not like done it in real life. I'm like, what are my takes on that? How do how do I take that? Um, I guess if I guess if I were to pick, like, it's it's extremely charged. I would say you can see some resentment. Um, Mm -hmm. on both both sides, if you will. Um, I think. Yeah, the, that that's my initial. Those are my initial thoughts. Um, just very basic, but I'll let Julia go because you have, you have stuff to say. Uh, I uh, well, we got uh, a uh, we got no. A... Don't say. Um, <laughs> I. Hmm, was a mistake. Uh, this was a mistake. I did come home one one time, and my mom was just like, "There's a." She just had hung this. And I was like, okay. And so then it's now here. Thanks, and, I don't, and I just kind of have to deal with it when I'm home. Um, 
but I would say so it's it's interesting it's kind of like trying to go back and remember the first time I watched the Clone Wars which would have been uh in college um because I am uh, actually a million years old um and so watching it for the first time and just feeling like it's very uh I mean I teach I'm teaching a Shakespeare class this semester very Beatrice and Benedict for much ado about nothing if you're familiar with that play where they have this sort of um wordplay uh which acts as flirtation but also as a way for them to kind of vent aggression and um there's a couple moments in that play where they go too far and they sort of hurt each other's feelings and they take this sort of wordplay into a place that's more real emotionally so I think there's definitely a lot there that's inspirational especially since Satine's look is very much reminiscent of like in some instances a very Elizabethan look so I think there's definitely like a Shakespearean thing happening um, with yeah. them I would also say it's fun to see Obi-Wan's pretty standard style of dealing with people in terms of like he's very charming he's very flirty having that matched and sort of it becomes more of like a equal battle as opposed to quite often he's trying to flirt with someone like Asajj Ventress who's like I'm literally gonna murder you <laughs> like she might have fun with it for a little while but she's not she's not there to like have a you know fun little battle of the wits so um yeah I would say it's definitely supposed to be reminiscent of there's some tension there it's charged as Beth said there's unfinished business I think storytelling wise they're presenting us with a sense that these characters know each other and have a history through how they speak to each other and it's very efficient storytelling because they're not going through like do you remember when we knew each other like no they're just sort of through the way that they speak to each other letting the audience know that there's a history oh yeah absolutely yeah. That, and i got that too and i think it's funny because you see this very much and even throughout the rest of the arc those two i mean when when those two characters are on screen you can definitely tell, like Juliet was saying, that there there has been history. Now, my question is, when are we going to get the official story of that history? That's the real question. Because from what I understand, Claudia Gray might be cooking up a little book <laughs> that might be having to do with that. Um, we'll see. Um, would you want to see that in book form or would you want to see that in Kenobi somehow? I think if it's Claudia Gray, if it's in the hands of one of the, the good writers who's able to really tap into like the emotion, especially on like Obi-Wan's side, because I think he's so, he's kind of difficult to tap in like headspace, especially via like the form of any sort of visual media. Um, mm -hmm. then I would a hundred percent want it in book form because I want to know what's going through his head. Um, so yeah, and it's, I mean, Claudia Gray is amazing. So. And more, and more Qui Gon too. Yeah, well, and she, yes. I, I feel like she's the na the na the natural choice because I've explained this like non-existent Obatine year on the run novel as you just put Lost Stars and Master Apprentice in a blender, and then you that's what you get. So she's already sort of written the pieces, you know, having to prove that you can write young Obi Wan like teen young adult Obi Wan. She's already done that. She's done the in the head of uh, Qui Gon. Um, and I think it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.
How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? Curiosity Stream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. The other challenge would be, yeah, I think E.K. Johnson would also do a good job. I think E.K. Johnson would be best if it was primarily Satine's point of view, um, mm-hmm. just because she writes characters like Padme, characters like Ahsoka, writes women from a really interesting point of view. Not that Claudia Gray can't, but I think hers would be... I, I imagine it as more of like a direct master and apprentice sequel um masters and apprentice i don't know masters to app- app- apprentice boogaloo <laughs> <laughs> that could work yeah. um i think a book would be great but like i was saying about the timeline um when i've asked paulo hidalgo about this on twitter something he said is like the mandalorian stuff is like really like sort of not locked up but like that's stuff where it's harder for authors to get access to that. And I asked E.K. Johnson about that. She said the same thing where like she said she would love to write that book, but that the Mandalore stuff is like kind of off on its own. Off right limits? Now. Not necessarily off limits, but I think harder to access. Um, okay. In terms of like pitching things or getting access to writing material for that. I'm guessing that's because of the show. And, and that's what I was thinking too. They don't might... have more direct control over that material. Um, so based on my harassing of Star Wars people, um, <laughs> that's what I've uncovered. And it actually makes a lot of sense because they're like actively, they have more direct control over that. So, but yes, yep. I would love, I would love a, a book. I think a YA book would actually probably be a natural fit. Not that it couldn't be an adult novel like Master and Apprentice as well, but yes. No, yeah. Char. You're muted. Oh, what's up? What what are your thoughts on that question? What would you ra- would you rather see a book of that that year on the run or the or their situation their history? Would you want to see that on screen or would you rather see read that on a page? I feel like it'd be better told as a book because I know a lot of people want to see it on screen because it's an easier learning medium. But if you look at it from a book, you get way more details. You get to learn. You get to see both of their point of views. And I feel like if you use a book, you can go so much more in depth with both of them. So I think there's certain things that could be a movie, but in this case, I just think it would be it would work so much better as a book. Oh yeah, I, I and I agree with all of you because I feel yeah. like I, I would want to know what's going into uh, Obi Wan and Satine's heads when they talk because I mean there's so many references in this arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I mean, like we we learned we learned some of it about like some about Satine and Obi Wan in Master and Apprentice. Like we only yeah. learn a little bit about it, but I just want to know a little more just about them, like just those yeah. two, absolutely. Specifically. I, think, I and and the, this is why this is one of my favorite arcs because it's like you you don't Obi Wan is very mysterious yeah. in 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 his past and and we didn't really know a whole lot to be yeah, honest. And, and it's you. it's funny because you see him in the prequels and he, you just see this very honorable just regular jedi just like everyone yes. else but in clone wars you get introduced it like he has a past he had a relationship he had a love interest he had mm-hmm. all of this stuff prior to what we see him in the phantom menace it's it's cool god camilla is coming in with the yes. hot i agree yes. adapted <laughs> it, it, i and you know what that would right sell like hotcakes let's yes. be honest 
Well, that's the it, thing about the 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 Obi Wan Sateen story is that I think it I there's a lot of demand for it. Like I think oh, it's yeah. very popular, and because of that, it's something that they could do very easily. Um, I was also going to say about point of view. I well, I love Qui Gon's point of view in Master and Princess. I'm obsessed yes. with being in his head, and I do desperately need to know because I feel like um, uh, Char, like you were saying, in terms of um, the Obi Wan we see. The tragedy is that if Obi-Wan and Anakin had connected on this issue, like there would have been such an opportunity for Anakin to realize that like I can have somebody go talk to you. Right. And also I think it probably would have encouraged him to like leave the Jedi. Like I think Anakin that would have given him permission to like leave the Jedi Order and just like have a family and do what he but knowing that that is something like the fact that they never really talk about it in depth in the Vo- in Voyage of Temptation, which we'll get to, they have a, to- a little bit of talk about it. But um, I yeah. want to see Qui Gon think to witness what this hap, this sort of relationship unfolding, and I need to see what he thinks about it. I also need to see what I he do. teaches Obi Wan because see? I'm curious. I'm curious if what Anakin um, Anakin hears from Obi Wan, if that's Obi Wan directly reiterating what Qui Gon told him, or if he's like done a complete 180. And is telling him the opposite of what he's of what Qui-Gon said to him. Um, and I, I just I need to know like the lineage of like how did Qui-Gon teach non-attachment? I desperately need to know that. Oh, because yeah. um by the end of Master and Apprentice, their relationship is finally healing. I feel like yeah. they're really on the same page as Master and Apprentice. And then I think it would be very funny for their next big mission after Pajal. It's like they're finally gelling, like Obi-Wan's making progress, and it's like womp womp. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's just another like young royal we have to protect. We do that all the time, and we get there, and it's like Qui-Gon immediately is like, "Uh-oh!" Like this is going to be a challenge. Like Obi-Wan is mm-hmm. finally on the way up in terms of progress. Like I feel like we're connecting, yep. and then all of a sudden there's this huge wrench thrown into it, and it's like the challenge for Obi-Wan. Um, anyway, I'm just like pitching my version of the book now, and I will stop. Dude, I, I, if I was Disney, I'd <laughs> greenlight it because yeah. I I want to see the same thing too. Um, St. Pat says he needs, I, I see that's, that was going to be my next thing. Like, I want to see more Qui-Gon. I think Qui-Gon is a very underrated character. Yes. He's only, he, and, and honestly, he's very important to the story. Movie wise. He's there for a movie. He's, he's met as a plot point to get Obi-Wan to where he needs to be throughout the entire saga. Mm-hmm. Now I need to know. I just need another. I just need a short story, or not maybe not even a short story, a novel about Qui Gon after Dooku. Um, Jedi lost. No, well, I think it would be like when he's Dooku's apprentice, because mm. I'd okay. like to see a little bit more of Dooku and Qui Gon's relationship, yeah. because I feel like Dooku is very much to the point. Well, yeah, and Dooku and Qui Gon are the exact same people. And yes. that 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 um that deleted scene in Attack of the Clones is actually a canon scene with with them talking Jocasta. about the Lost Twenty. Yeah, when yeah. she says that Dooku and Qui Gon are idealists, they're exactly the yeah. same. And I feel like it would be cool to understand how both of them kind yeah. of worked around that, and yeah. how oh, yeah. and if they believed in the Council or they just listened to the Force, just like yeah. how Qui Gon does in the Phantom Menace. And I yeah. love the scene in Master and Apprentice. Where you see what does divide Dooku and Qui Gon, and it's it's the dark side. Like Qui Gon yeah, has yeah. a line, and that line is the dark side because he sees his master use Force lightning and like murder this woman, and he's horrified. And so many people read that scene, he's been like, "Wow, Dooku loved Qui Gon so much." I'm like, "No, 
No, that I don't nope. think you're supposed to read that scene that way. I think <laughs> yeah, and then when you that. read that and you look back at the scene where Dooku uh, imprisons Obi Wan on, on Geonosis, yeah. and then Dooku's like, Qui Gon would have been very useful to me, and then Obi Wan's yeah. like, Qui Gon Jin would have never joined you. Yeah, yeah. There's and I was like, yeah, there you go. Right there's your there. context. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. This like yes, being willing to like follow your ideals and not wanting to like be beholden to the council is one thing, yeah. but like. Even Rail Alvaros had had his line as well, where he's like, "No, like I'm a I'm a maverick, but I'm not evil. Like, you know, yeah. doesn't mean I want to." I'm just talking about Master and Apprentice. Beth, I I will just keep talking. You need to please don't really listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, I'm I'm enjoying. I have, it. Go I can't I have can't shut up disease. It's 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 fine. I have hey, in this too. case, it's not a bad disease. It's not a bad thing because you know what? You're just we're here to talk. Text. Yeah, yeah, we're here yeah. to talk. Um, so back to the, we haven't even gotten five minutes into it, but we're just going to, we're going to roll with it. Um, so Obi-Wan, uh, shows her the hologram of the figure in the Mandalorian armor and she is Satine assures that they have this all figured out. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a gang called, uh, the death watch. That is, they're just a bunch of hooligans putting pain and stuff the, the death watch that yeah the death watch no importance There's... after the clone wars <laughs> no 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 important no importance at all so um oh, hi and... din how are you <laughs> so uh uh man you got me distracted now uh so a uh dang it char man now i'm really <laughs> off my game hold on no you're, so... you're on death watch yeah death watch uh so him and satine go out into the garden right and she's telling mm-hmm. Uh, Obi Wan about this group, right? And uh, they they think that they've gotten them uh, tracked down to Concordia, which is the moon. It was is an off moon of Mandalore. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um. So then we actually cut to Concordia, and we get our first look at the Death Watch or Pre Vizsla, voiced by John Favreau. Um. And he's talking to Dooku, and Dooku's basically giving him the of what eventually happens in season seven here you go this is what's going to happen the republic's going to show it's basically they he basically uses the same uh manner of what the republic uses in season seven to get mandalore um and i thought that was like ha dooku i wonder who gave you that idea (laughs) Uh, uh, i wonder i wonder um and pre Vizsla is very kind of just like hey like we gotta should we really be doing this like he's and Dooku's like just roll with the punches man we got this like just follow the plan we'll get it done um back on Mandalore uh Satine and Obi-Wan are, are touring down the gardens and then there's an explosion why not have an explosion with Obi-Wan right there and uh he like Satine's the first one that actually goes up to the injured, which if you think about it from a hierarchy standpoint, you don't usually see that from a lot mm-hmm. of like royals. They, they, they aren't ones that just, they're more or less, they have to get to the next, the safest area. Um, So seeing that was very telling because that's who she is as a person, as a character is she's very much, and you can tell that she cares and that she's not with the Mandalorian, the old Mandalorian way. And and she's a a pillar of that. Um, and then Obi-Wan grabs her and tells her to basically run. And he's like, I want to question everybody here. And the guy look and he looks straight at the guy and the guy is like, 
Peace. <laughs> He's like, stop that guy. And he points. I'm like, why are you pointing? Take off yeah. after him. Uh, and Detective then Obi-Wan he... is on the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Detective Obi-Wan. Oh, I wonder who it is. Oh, wait, it's the guy looking straight at me. I better tell him not to not to run. Oh, oh, he's going to run? Oh, this should be fun. Yeah. Um, And then all of a sudden, so he corners the uh, the assailant. The assailant commits suicide. Um, And this is the the the, the bombing. And then the, the suicide is what sets in motion what happens. It, it, this is the downfall of Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, these are the first. Uh, bricks to fall for Mandalore and it's so strange because we know what happens in, in, in the future to see that this is the reason why Mandalore goes down mm-hmm. and it's all because of the Death Watch when they just if they would have just been able to compromise and work together and not have separate sides they wouldn't I think they would have been a little bit stronger force and would have been able to push the Empire back later down the line yeah um but what were your guys' thoughts on that whole scenario that happened uh beth we'll, we'll go with you first oh sure um so i think one of the things that i found interesting is i guess and it's a concept that is technically in legends but they're like starting to bring it in canon but how you were talking about um kind of the drastic differences between like the new Mandalorians and then Death Watch um, and like the extremist differences between the two. And that's like part of the downfall um, is the fact that I'm really curious to see if they end up bringing in the true Mandalorians um, Mm -hmm. who have like the warrior ideals and like they respect their heritage, but it's not like the violent extremism that Death Watch has. Um, And so I'm really curious to see they were a faction that broke off in in the in the un in the non timeline specific Mandalorian civil wars. Yeah, in Legends, was wasn't wasn't uh, Jingle Fett a part of the True Mandalorians? Yeah, yeah uh, so when he Jingle, was when he was under Jester Muriel. Yeah, Jester Muriel was yeah. the leader, and then Jingle Fett, uh, Jester Muriel was his mentor. So yeah, um, I'm curious to see if that ties into Book of Boba Fett. But I'm off, sorry, I'm way yeah. off topic. <laughs> no, we yeah, get, we've we been get, on topic. We get in the Mandalorian, we get. Jaston Real reference in his chain code. If you translate his chain code, um, and he Boba says his father was a foundling. Now he doesn't say his father was a Mandalorian, and I think that that's really important because a lot of people b- want to force an identity on Boba that he himself is the only person. If he he if he doesn't want to be a Mandalorian, he doesn't have to be. And I think yeah. it's crucial that we don't. There's a sense of like, well, like I don't like Bo-Katan, but she's not gatekeeping Mandalorian culture from him because he doesn't identify as a Mandalorian. And I love the differences there um, in terms of culture. But yeah, he says his father um, was a foundling and fought in the Mandalorian Civil War. So we're getting some of that. And I love, like Bethy said, bringing in, because the true Mandalorian's not existing in canon has created a lot of problems. Um, But it is also, I think, important to recognize that as of right now, the faction doesn't exist. And so there's a lot of blame placed on Satine particularly for not including a faction that doesn't canonically exist and that kind yeah. of that gets on my nerves where people are like well why didn't you just I'm like because I I don't think they exist in in canon um but that's a really good point where like if there was this sort of common medium ground um that would have been a natural answer and I almost like that we don't have a easy answer we don't have a natural solution in the form of compromise and mm-hmm. Mandalore destroying itself from within seems like 
yeah, that's kind of how it would go. Like that's their history is fighting each other to the point of like destruction and Mm -hmm. trying to stop that is seen as radical. And I just think that's so interesting. And the crazy oh, yeah. thing you mentioned earlier was about Jango Fett, and there's there's really not much about Jango Fett in canon mm-hmm. other than some some mentions in the TV shows and Attack of the Clones. That's it. Yep. And yep. a chain and code that you have to, a chain code that you have to go and translate using Mandoa. <laughs> like if they don't put it in the show, like you have to pause it and read it and then go translate it, and it might just be an Easter egg. But like, yeah, yeah I'm really hoping Boba Fett gives us some more. Like, I want to see Boba embracing and you know his his identity not just as a clone but as like a pseudo mandalorian and like what i just think that would be so interesting to see him explore so no yeah absolutely um so as he so they go down and and see the uh where the guy lands and he says something is it in concordian or in mandalorian language i can't remember exactly what it was but it's the language, it's the language the of concordia. Moon, concordia yeah 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 so it's so it's concordia <laughs> and um and obi-wan says i'm gonna have to go to concordia and she goes yeah i'm going to because i I mean, you were just part of a of a of a of a of a, of a death, and he goes, "I didn't kill, I didn't kill him." And she goes, "Yeah, I know. That's why I'm still talking to you." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, the guy just can't win. He just can't yeah. win with her." No, and you um, were mentioning earlier about how she goes up after a bombing. She's like running up to where the bomb went off, and I'm thinking. God, that year on the run must have just been like, well, I'll just go talk to the tribal uh, chieftains. Yeah. And everyone's like, no. And he has to like, chase after her and like <laughs> yeah. stop her constantly from yeah. doing dangerous things. And I yeah. do find that very charming to imagine. She's oh, like, yeah. I'll just jump off this cliff. And he's like, mm-hmm, and just has to stop her for a year. Oh, yeah. So Obi-Wan and... Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, he gets a ton of practice with Anakin. And he's like, oh, it's like Satine. In in male form, great, yeah. awesome. I think I know how to deal with this a little yeah. bit. Um, so they both travel to the Moon Concordia and are greeted by uh, Governor Pre Vizsla, who um, the audience isn't supposed to know is the bad guy, but if if you know, you kind of know. Like if you know the sound, um, so he basically ta- it, it introduces himself, gives him a little bit of background on who he is, and. Um, I think it's I think it's very interesting how he plays it off. Like he, he, he typical guy undercover. Oh, you you can't believe anything that that is being said of the Duchess Satine, where he's thinking, yeah, this this lady, mm-hmm. we're gonna get her. Don't worry, we're gonna get her. Um, so Obi Wan, they talked about the uh, the mines on Concordia and how, uh, I believe it's the way I understood it is that the mines were the reasons. Uh, on Mandalore, why their environment is the way it is, or is that Concordia? I couldn't remember. It's... So, Beth, you can take this one. I feel like you know more about this. You can. Oh no, it's fine. No, go for it. Well, I was gonna say, I think it's part. It's part of the re. What exactly happened to Mandalore is another thing where, like, they've been very vague about it. Um, there have been references to like Satine running through the grass on Concord on Mandalore and I'm like I don't know I feel like it's been 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Coming to Curiosity Stream, go on an adventure 66 million years in the making with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we thought we knew, to the mind blowing species still being unearthed, and the controversial discovery that could rewrite history. Did dinosaurs survive longer than imagined? Dino Week on Curiosity Stream. And with monthly, annual, and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com destroyed for a lot longer than that just because of the cities the dome cities and um, Mm -hmm. their development would have taken longer than what 30 something years Um, but I do feel like so in Rebels we see um, so I just watched Rebels for the first time a couple months ago we see um, they're on this sort of you actually get to see the surface a little bit better in terms of like just the sandy nothingness and Sabine describes what it used to be like and you see what I, I assume are trenches Right. Like, I feel like in Rebels, you see what look like trenches dug into the earth. And so I've always assumed it's a mix of warfare and mining and, um, you know, a lot of a lot of different things. But I don't know that we have a canon uh, answer, but I think a lot of it is just like years and years of like trench warfare, um, which is what you see in Rebels in the actual ground, which I thought was interesting. No, yeah, because I. I remember she mentioned something, and that's why every that's why Obi Wan is like, I gotta go check out these mines yeah. and see what's going on, because you know, uh, and I love how he gives her the earpiece, like, just in case you get in trouble. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I I don't expect to get into any trouble, but I know for sure you will. Yeah. So let's just keep these uh, keep these on. Um, so he travels uh, through. He he gets on a speeder bike, takes off. Um, and uh, he gets there pretty much just presses a button is able to get in. And I'm like, man, this hideout, <laughs> it, it's like, oh, we're not going to try to hide anything, which makes sense because if you hide something like yeah. it's going to make you guilty. Um, so he goes in and he sees all this Mandalorian, uh, Mandalorian, uh, equipment like jetpacks, um, uh, Mandalorian helmets. Now my thoughts are. At this point, Beskar is—it's not as rare as it is in, in yeah. during the um, the uh, reign of the Empire, correct? So it, they're able to make it; it's more accessible. So it's—that's what was was my first thought. I was like, "Oh, wait, hold on. How are they able to do that?" And then I was like, "Oh, wait, that was like, yeah, thirty years down the line." Sorry. Uh, and then, uh, so when I thought about that, I was like, "Oh, well, that's interesting. They do have a lot of Beskar, so that makes sense." Um, and Obi-Wan ends up getting attacked by, uh, he gets caught. Guy gets caught. He's not very sneaky. Um, he ends up getting into a scuffle, sort of wins, and then gets overpowered. Um, he, <laughs> he, he makes contact with, uh, Satine. And this, like, this particular conversation is just fantastic. Yeah. And, um, just the way she plays it off by 
by like uh he's like Satine, I I need you to go to this location. And she's like, it's kind of hard to do right now. <laughs> it's just like, uh, so about the earpieces, um, you're gonna have good thing you have them because I'm in trouble, not you. Yeah. Um, I I just found that really funny because it's like he gave them to her because he thought she was gonna get in trouble. Yeah. Um, but what were your guys' thoughts on that conversation between those two? Beth, if you're if you're not gonna talk about Mandalorian Gernica, I will. Um, you can, Julia. You're the you're the expert on that. <laughs> so this is not related at all to what you were saying, Luke. Um, okay. But in Previsla's office, he has a uh, painting mural, um, and it is basically the Mandalorian version of Paulo, uh, Picasso's Guernica, which is a anti-war painting. Basically, uh, <laughs> Picasso's like magnum opus on. Uh, like the horrors of war and the Mandalorian art style is very modern. So we have Picasso references. We have a lot of like even more uh, Cubist references in the way that they sort of portray their art. And you have this painting, like if you look up Guernica, you look up this painting, very clearly a reference. And I just love the fact that Previsla has an anti-war painting. Now I'm assuming it's an anti-war painting because it's based off of Guernica. That being said, I think it's a really good example of how uh, I'll just say fascist imagery can be used, like even like anti-satire, uh, that stuff can be used against it. And it's funny that this mm -hmm. painting is probably, like I like to imagine it was created to show the horrors of war, but because it shows the horrors of war, it also represents for Previsla a lot of the like honor of the past that he wants to return to. And I just love these little details in the Clone Wars where someone mm -hmm. took the time to be like, you know what would be fun? Mandalorian Guernica. And then they created that and then they put it on the wall just as like a fun little art history reference. Um, the painting then later in season five uh, is below the balcony when they're like, oh, yeah. the clouds. it gets moved there. Um, so it's very clearly being used as like a pro, like traditional uh, yeah, Mandalorian. You know, reactionary Mandalorian uh, reference. And I just think that's so that's so interesting to me that they have this because Mandalorian art is such a huge part of their culture that like, yes, they would have this history of war um, oh, yeah. representing itself in their, in their art. And I just love, love that uh, little uh, reference. And so if you've never looked at the two paintings, uh, definitely take a look at them. It's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. I, I that's, that's really interesting because it's like, when you, when you do mention that, that's like, I, I'm going to have to rewatch that again. Cause mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's an interesting thing. Um, but I thought it was hilarious how how uh, Satine says, oh, Master Kenobi is is just meditating. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's a good cover because they do meditate a lot. So nice yeah. job, Satine. You, I mean, you were on the run with two Jedi for about a year. So that makes yeah. good good job, good thinking off uh, on your toes. And uh, she says that he's going to join them in, two, in, in a couple of minutes. And then they start talking back and forth. And she realizes, um... So I'm going to have to go real quick, but I'll be back. Um, and she takes off on the uh, on the speeder and she gets to Obi-Wan. <laughs> she, uh, if I remember correctly, she gets caught as well. Um, or maybe she doesn't. I can't. It's very vague. It's very blurry. I think a lot of the turkey got to my brain today. Um but uh, I, the funny, it's like just watching them bicker at each other when she's trying to save him. 
And he's like, come on, Satine, are you hitting the right button? I'm going to die if you don't hit the right button. And she, it reminded me a lot of uh, Anakin and Anakin and Padme in a way, because um, Anakin in, in, in a lot of ways, especially the droid factory in episode two, because he, Anakin's more or less just like worried about Padme and he tries to jump in and save her and it, it just all goes to hell. And uh, I thought that was an interesting nugget there. Um, so they she ends up saving him. She says something about uh, now we're even, I believe. Or is that later on in the episode? Because I think it gets referenced twice. Uh, I think later. it's later. They have that great exchange that um, the for a man formed a piece, uh, you take an unseemly pleasure in the injuries of others, and then for yes. a woman sworn a non-violence, <laughs> you don't seem trouble. I could have been killed. That's such a great yes. exchange. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because later he says, "Well, mine was the more daring of the two rescues." Yes. When he's describing yes. the finally leaving. Yeah. Again, you have a lot, a lot of it's the just, flirtatious. The yeah. guy knows how to flirt. I tell you yes. what, like he's the best. He just if you want to learn how to flirt, watch Obi-Wan and the Clone Wars. That's true. You just do. <laughs> you, you'll pick up some pointers. Um, so they end up uh getting uh they get into an elevator, they go down, and Obi-Wan instantly like they see like the whole Death Watch camp. And Obi-Wan says, Oh, that this is definitely not where we came <laughs> where we entered. <laughs> I'm like, this is not the way we came in. This is a problem. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a problem. Now that I'm thinking about it, is the lines and the way they are said is just stuck in my brain. And I don't know how to, I don't know how they got in there like that. Well, it's because you and Beth were doing them at Galaxy's yes, Edge. Yeah. I mean, you have to. Out. Anything for the content. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so uh, I believe they're Death Watch, Death Watch henchmen go after the go after the two obi-wan takes them out pretty easily and as pre walking towards them he just ganks one of them just straight up you fail bam yeah. i was like gangster vibes yeah for sure gangster vibes and i was like that's pretty ruthless but then again it is pre and he takes yeah. off the helmet and satine's like all like <gasps> like yeah. how dare you and obi obi-wan's kind of like hmm, hmm makes sense <laughs> Not, that guy didn't have a very good aura around him and uh this is the first time we see the dark saber first canon uh, uh uh showing of the dark saber and he gives us a background it's the same as the legends it's the canon version is very close to the legends version if i'm not mistaken beth like its origins um it's origins the fact that it was created by Tarvizla prior to 1032 BBY. Yep. That he was for sensitive Mandalorian inductions to Jedi Order as a child. Um, yeah. It's, it's similar. It's, I mean, it's basically the same. Like, we don't have a ton. That's the thing is we don't have a ton of, like, legends information about the Darksaber. It's okay. pretty much this canon. It's very, very, very little. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Which is good. But then also bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently, apparently it only exists because George Lucas uh, said that a vibroblade couldn't deflect the lightsaber. 
and um then they had to create a mandalorian lightsaber and like all of this backstory has come from the fact that george lucas was like no you can't do that Viral blood can't uh, deflect it. Sorry, this is my bad George Lucas impression. I'm so sorry, George. <laughs> um, like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Harder, harder, more emotion. Harder. That would have to gate the cannon. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and it's just and so they had to create it like out of scratch, and now we have all this beautiful. And so when people say things like "oh, planning," I'm like, there's beauty in like this this way that things just like appear. So like, yeah. they have this like very cool Mandalorian darksaber that needs a backstory so they write an amazing backstory for it or like give it this like uh excalibur like sort of uh vibe and um i just love little stories like that because it shows how much of star wars is sort of luck of the you know whatever happened to uh had to happen there and um yeah but beth is the darksaber expert really so oh yeah that's why i defer to her when it comes to uh the um darksaber um but so uh (laughs) Previsla kind of like is like big shot throws Obi-Wan his lightsaber and I'm like dude if you were a real villain you would have taken him out just uh, why stop being so honorable like you're a villain stop being so honorable and then he gets his butt kicked and I'm like yeah. uh what do you think was gonna happen Obi-Wan's like one of the best duelists in the entire Jedi Order like what do you think you're doing hmm. um it, it's it's interesting because after Obi-Wan beats him. He tells the he tells the rest of the Death Watch to to obviously kill Kenobi because he couldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. If I'm not gonna win honorably, I might as well win by by force, uh by uh, force and arms. Um and Obi-Wan and Satine ultimately jump down the turbo shift, uh turbo turbo shaft. <laughs> He's like, uh, Satine, we gotta go. We gotta go. And he like grabs her and just is like, all right, we're jumping. <laughs> because right before they right before they jump or after they jump down, the missiles hit. And I'm like, so this is a callback to year one. I, I there's there's gotta be something similar that happens because yeah, like I, I like it like this whole conversation is just gonna go back around to us talking about how we need this in a in a story. Yeah. Well, he jumps into his arms like it's no problem. Yeah. Like she just like launches herself right in there, like she's done it a million times. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely like something they practiced. Just like we did 16 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and uh Obi-Wan they land and Obi-Wan and they land on top of each other. A little weird. A little weird. Well, for that's Peach. how you let 10-year-olds know that they like each other. <laughs> Apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like i'm like so uh quirky yeah that's like i'm not kidding like them accidentally like landing like what's the uh, anakin and padme rolling around in the grass and it's actually it's not not code for 10 year olds to be like ooh, you know what i mean they're in love yes exactly that's what that means yeah um but I, I, it's like it was so funny because I saw that and I was like, "All right, Dave, very well done. I get the point. I yeah. mean, it's it's a, it's a kid's show, but you got adult undertones. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Good to see." Um, and so they make it back to Mandalore, and they're getting they're going to the um, because they're heading to Coruscant now Mm -hmm. and Satine is very adamant about staying out of the war which 
she represents uh 1500 different neutral systems which in a galaxy of millions upon millions of systems 1500 are willing to be neutral which is interesting because we've dealt with neutral parties before back in season one Mm -hmm. uh and so that was interesting um and obi-wan and 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 her kind of have, have that little back and forth again and then he sees anakin and this is where just you just want to like shake Obi like shake both characters to be like, talk to each other. You you are more alike than you know. Like you've mm-hmm. you've gone through the same things. And Anakin, I can't remember exactly what he says. He's like, oh, you look tired. <laughs> and Obi Wan goes, the Mandalorian's peacekeeping way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The of the locals wore me out. Yeah, yeah. And and Anakin's like. Oh, that's interesting. And he's like, don't. And I just feel like Obi-Wan's got that face of like, don't ask. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's how that episode ends. Um, and it and it moves straight into Voyage of Temptation, which is one of my favorite standalone episodes. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the shit out of this episode. It is it's very, very, very awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Char. Ready for the plot summary for that? I am, actually. Um, are you ready? <laughs> yep. Three, two, one. A royal welcome. Sent to investigate allegations that Mandalore was joining Count Dooku separatists. Obi-Wan Kenobi was reunited with an old friend, the, the Duchess Satine of Kalevala. Or Kalevala? Did I say that right? Kalevala? I don't think that we've ever heard it said, so who knows? Oh, <laughs> While Satine claimed Mandalore's intentions were to remain neutral during the war, an attack on the capital city led Obi-Wan to the discovery of a terrorist organization known as Death Watch. Now the Duchess travels to the Senate so she can plead her case against her involvement in the war as the Jedi prepare a defense against her opponents. Good. Good job, Char. Yeah. Very well. I'll never be Tom Kane. I, no, I, just, have to, I just have to accept it. It's pretty, <laughs> it's, you're pretty it darn on. close. You're pretty darn close. Um... So they're aboard the coronet, and Obi Wan and Anakin have a brief, uh, 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 brief the clones on the situation. The clones and R two, which by the way, R two, I I don't know about all of you. R two is my favorite. He's one of my favorite characters. He's he's my favorite droid. The guy always comes in clutch, no matter what. He's really? the if you need something to be done with a ship, you need backup. He's always there. He's always there. He's the most dependable guy and the most dependable droid in all of Star Wars. And I will not hear anything else of it. Um, so oh, Anakin instructs R2 to stay down with, with the clones to make sure that everything in, is all right. They uh, Then they're told that Satine is requesting Obi-Wan's, well, the Jedi, but more importantly, Obi-Wan's presence. Yeah. And Anakin, so they get into the... Uh, they get into the the, the, the elevator, mm-hmm. and Anakin goes. Uh, I'm sensing some anxious. You're kind of uh, anxious. Like, what's what's going on here? She couldn't. The Duchess couldn't be in safer hands. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What are you worrying about, Master? Like, the, she couldn't be. Come on. And Obi Wan just had just those those two crack me up. That conversation that they have cracked me up. No, that was funny too. Because when you look at that scene. It mirrors the scene from yes. Attack of the Clones when they were in the elevator, but it's just yes. role reversed. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. gosh. It's awesome. <laughs> it is so funny. It's like Anakin's like been waiting. It's like I've been waiting for dirt on you. <laughs> Ever since that day you talked about Padme, I got you now. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, yeah. what were your guys' thoughts on that little back and forth between uh Anakin and uh Obi-Wan? Coming to Curiosity Stream, go on an adventure 66 million years in the making with Dino Week. From new discoveries about the dinosaurs we thought we knew, to the mind-blowing species still being unearthed, and the controversial discovery that could rewrite history, did dinosaurs survive longer than imagined? Dino Week on Curiosity Stream. And with monthly, annual, and bundled pricing plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. It's very brief, but it's very, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. That's like peak Anakin. I feel like that episode is just like peak Anakin and Obi-Wan. And just, I feel like it's the first time it really humanizes Obi-Wan in the eyes of Anakin. When mm-hmm. he's like, oh my God, you you went through a similar thing. Um, but I think he finds, as opposed to like being able to like bridge the gap and like emotionally sit with it and be like, I'm going to try and connect with you on this. He's like, haha, this is funny. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like almost like a school almost like a self-defense mechanism for both of them where they're just kind of like yeah it's, it's funny you know yeah. um but that that moment and just anything in the elevator with them in that episode is just like peak obi-wan and anakin and i love oh, it oh yeah absolutely absolutely i knew her a long time ago um, <laughs> yeah obi-wan gives us details like very like he takes him a long time to give us any actual information uh, to like tell Anakin anything concrete, um, which I think is very Obi Wan of him to be. Oh right. yeah, that's very on character. I mean, look at what he didn't give any hardly any details to Luke in the New Hope, so it's very on point and on character for him not to say yeah. absolutely anything. <laughs> yeah. Give as little detail as possible, Obi Wan. That is your job. Exactly. Um. So uh, they make it up to the um, the main audience chamber and uh, they announce themselves. And Satine says, uh, I'm sure all of you are uh, aware of the I can't remember exactly. You two got to know what she says. Come on. Yes. Yes. And and. You just can see Obi Wan go. Uh-oh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go again. And we see that they have another. Um, she she's as she as they walk in, and she's pleading her case against the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And this is where the politics starts to come in, and you see the differing of opinions between the two. Mm-hmm. And she she goes very very deep and she does cut hard a little bit at obi-wan saying well yeah you guys are peacekeepers but 
now you're general. What? Why have you sold your souls to defend yeah. everything when that's not what you guys are? What your order is supposed to be like? And Obi Wan is saying, "Well, if we don't do it, who will?" Yeah. And I found that, and that's so hard because you you have that conversation because they do deep down love each other. And uh, I, I, like I said, we're we're gonna need to. There's got to be a sequel, or it would t- would it be a technically a prequel or a sequel to Master and Apprentice? A sequel. A sequel. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, Char, thoughts on that back and forth and the, and by the way, Omfrey Tar is there and he's the absolute worst senator. I and I will hear no. It. I I I will not hear any of it. He is as useless. As a poopy yeah. flavor lollipop. He's just there. He's just and there he's, as a plot. And he's device. the reason why Ryloth is yeah. not changing at all. Yeah. <laughs> but Char, what are your thoughts? I, I I I thought it was great. I mean, it's just typical Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> just Yeah. And then it was like Obi-Wan and Satine, they're kinda they're they're very similar to each other when in terms of mm-hmm. communication. Cause Satine kind of talks like him, and obviously everyone knows how Obi-Wan speaks. Right. And then just like Ah, 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 ah. and then they're trying to like like have like the better point and then they just keep on stacking on top of each other not right. physically but like you know you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> no yeah beth what are you what are your thoughts on the back and forth it's just it's perfect because i think like i think when you have a character like obi-wan kenobi who is so revered within the fandom anytime you're thinking of giving him any sort of like love interest or whatnot you have to have somebody who can match him because yeah. you know, that's extremely, that's like such a big ask. And I mm-hmm. think being able to match him on like an intellectual level is that's a, that's just yeah. like brilliant writing. Oh, B yeah. it's hilarious. And C it really, it does humanize him when he's like, Oh mm-hmm. my God, I actually, I can't like beat this person. This is the first time yeah. I can't like negotiate my way out of anything. Um, oh, yeah. So I think it was just like a great, character decision to have that be how they're equals um, and a great character hilarious. decision was too was that having obi-wan fall in love with royalty just like how his as his apprentices they, yeah. they both have a love interest with royalty and it's yeah. like a cool way for them to to connect with each other and be like oh we're uh this is happening and padme's doing this and mm-hmm. i thought it was brilliant to have not just someone who is an equal to Obi-Wan, but someone who is very similar to Anakin or Obi-Wan and uh, Satine mm-hmm. being so similar to Padme and Anakin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. I, yeah. I will say something that I think in my mind really differentiates Satine and I think maybe explains why they aren't together is that I think there was not a willingness to compromise on their values um, yes. in terms of like what they chose. Um, whereas Anakin and Padme were willing to like have this secret part of their lives and bend the rules. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, that wasn't something uh, they were willing to do. And like the idea that um, I just think it's really fun to see um, relationships or couples that deeply love each other, but they don't end up together. And I think it can be very easy in storytelling to have a very simplistic understanding of relationships, especially in, in stories like star Wars, which are sort of for everyone, like, you don't have to end up happily ever after with someone that you have a very strong uh, past with, that you love, that you have a history with. 
things yeah. happen. And especially since they're so similar, like being a Jedi is everything to him and she wasn't going to abandon Mandalore. So what are their options here? And I think it's really telling that they chose to serve other people as opposed to their own interests and yeah. thinking of that as something that Anakin, I think, especially was not willing to do. No, like He needed that part of his life and he was willing to do a lot to sort of get around that. And yeah. I think it's unfortunate to me that Padme as a character seems to, uh, the writers seems to kind of make her less outspoken, less, it's in the movies. In the Clone Wars, she sort of still has that fire. And I just wish yeah. that we had gotten all of that because um, it seems like she sacrifices a lot for that relationship. If you just watch the movies, she like gives up everything for Anakin yeah. and I hate that because that's not actually what happened. Um, oh, and I think Satine is very much the same way, except just a more extreme version where they were not going to give up their service to the greater good in the way that that sort of presented for them. And I, I love that. I think that's a really mature, nuanced way to explore a relationship. And I'm glad that that's, you know, what we get with them. I think it's more oh, yeah. interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I like this sort of um, complexity there that we get from their relationship. So I'm saying Satine probably would have made a great Jedi. Just in the fact that she would have, just like Obi-Wan, she would have put the the she would have put she puts others in front of herself, and that's very much a Jedi esque yeah. trait. Yeah. That that's what yeah. Jedi are. Um, but I I thought it was just great how you guys said that that they are they are very similar. Absolutely, they're they're more similar than anything. Um, and and, and it does go to show, especially when Anakin does get more into obi-wan and figure out what that relationship means to because he can definitely tell he's not dumb he's a jedi like just like how obi-wan definitely knows that padme and anakin are are having doing their thing he just avoids it because it's what makes anakin happy and he doesn't yeah feel like he needs to put his two cents in which i mean hindsight 2020 probably should have but Well, that's another conversation for another day. But they get back into the elevator. He asks what's going on because they, they it gets heated, very, very heated between Obi-Wan and Satine, where they kind of say some things that they don't mean. And that's where you can kind of see the barriers that are being like how deep this relationship is, yeah. because they know how to combat each other um, verbally, ver- verbally. Um, Anakin kind of makes a note of that. He's like, he sees that, and he's like, I'm "Gonna have to ask about this situation." Has a martini glass, and he's just like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like sitting in the back, saying, "Wow, it's not me for once." Real Housewives of Mandalore, and he's like, yeah. "I'm looking for it." <laughs> Real Housewives of Mandalore. Yeah, that is good. Uh, so he asks Anakin asks after the whole exchange. Uh, because they get called. Uh, no, they don't get called. He, they just they leave. They go to the quarters, um, and Anakin goes. So, uh, what's the story? You gonna give me the deets? Because there's definitely something romantic between you two. <laughs> and Obi Wan uh, gives him basically the runaround that that uh, not the he gives him a, a, a smaller version of a story that we're all hoping to see. Yeah. That him and Qui Gon were were sent to Mandalore to protect Satine, 
from a similar situation um mm-hmm. and that they were on a run on the run and that they they sent bounty hunters after us yes living hand to mouth never knowing <laughs> next day would bring yeah sounds romantic. <laughs> yep sounds romantic yeah and it's just like Annika is just like I gotta have fun with this guy. <laughs> I've been waiting years and yeah. years. Um, but so then, and I love this because it does bring Anakin and Obi-Wan together in the sense of like, they're able to talk about this and it just makes it, it makes it so heartbreaking to see this relationship and then to see where it goes in episode three and just be like, you had a conversation earlier. Like yeah. you couldn't just move that. Oh. Yeah, it's so sad, so heartbreaking. But um, Anakin or no, Obi Wan gets a ping that uh, that there's something that R 2s freaked out uh, because I think in between the conversations, uh, the clones are attacked by the spider droids. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, correct? Yeah, and then uh, that one is like uh, has red eye, like a yes, and it's like yeah, very yeah. Creepy. If you're not afraid of spiders, I'm not, but it's like it's really, really weird. Um, so they get called down below deck. Um, Anakin goes, I got this. You go deal with you go deal with Steve. Like you got you're this. On your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh right. Anakin, she's not my and then he runs. Yeah, yeah, and then he runs. Uh so Everyone knows Anakin. The truth. Anakin yeah. goes down and says, "All right, what situation? I'm missing dinner." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "God, that would have been fun to say as a as Matt Lanter. That's like an Anakin saying right there. That's a, just yeah. the wit that he has." And uh, Rex uh, tells him that there are two men missing uh, from the group, and he's like, "Well, all right, what's going on?" And then he says that uh, R2's like scared, and and all right, he's like, "All right, R2, calm down." Now let's kind of figure this out. Let's just use your scanners, bud. And it's just when they start to find the droid, the the spider droids. I'm like, okay, first we have the commando droids. Let's just and these spider droids. Why don't they just manufacture the hell out of those and leave the B ones out of the whole yeah. thing? Because I mean, let's think about it. An army of those and commando droids and B ones and droidicas probably would have won the war. <laughs> Just leave the B one. That was not the separatists' aim. It wasn't. They were not aiming to win. They were aiming to distract. distract Take as much time as Palpatine Palpatine needed. needed. You're right. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Um. So they discover that the cargo crate uh, that is mysteriously open. Uh. Anakin updates Obi Wan, who's dining with Satine and numerous other senators. Uh. Then they come across the assassin probe and. They do a pretty good number on it, but the other one, so there was, there's, I think there's three in total, if I'm not mistaken, right? Correct? Or is it just the two? Just two? I think there's two, yes. Okay. I thought there were three at one point because I know they had destroyed one down. The other one went up. Mm-hmm. And I thought there was one more. Uh, it, it was the smaller ones that they were, mm-hmm. were looking out for, the later ones. So, um, Anakin alerts Obi-Wan that then one's coming up and, and Obi-Wan gets everybody prepared and like 
that scene, like again, on free tar, useless. <laughs> like, what? Why aren't they teaching the senators how to defend themselves to make them more useful? Like Jar Jar, and Rex yeah. is like, I'm not teaching him how to shoot, which is <laughs> is kind of fair in that situation because right. Jar Jar with a blaster is really scary, if you ask me. Very irresponsible, but that's just me. I mean, um, he didn't even know how to use a blaster, and he took out a Droidica three B ones on the Battle of Naboo. <laughs> that's just straight luck. Come on, I, no, straight it's not luck. luck. It's Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah. it's Jar Jar. Yeah, um, it's a difference. Uh, so Obi Wan's able to destroy the second probe, uh, but both parties are then attacked by the smaller uh, droids that pop out, which is ingenious. Because you think, because if you think from a strategy point, you see that, um, oh, we've destroyed the droid. That was pretty easy. And then they all start coming out in waves. And they're so small that you can't really shoot them with blasters. Yeah. Um, so then we get to see Obi-Wan and Satine back to back, kind of doing like the whole, like, I got like, he's slashing while she's shooting with a, with a tape, with like a taser type. And he's like, where did you have that? I thought you were uh I thought you were a pacifist. She's like, doesn't mean I can't use something to defend myself. And I was like, right. good. Yeah. More, more juiciness of like back and forth. I love it. Thank you. Um and so they take out the smaller ones, except for one. Uh Anakin also, Anakin and the uh, the clones also take out the other one. Uh, but they are still looking for the smaller ones as they're mm-hmm. looking. Um, Obi-Wan gets the um, idea to use the last one to figure out who let them on. Yeah. Uh, Anakin finds that out through the through the, the log um, because he asked the droid like how it got on, and he said all things uh, were allowed on here by the, the Senate stamp. And Anakin's like, hmm. So we have a turncoat. Yes, yeah. again. Yet again for like the fourth time throughout the entire series in two seasons, we've got a guy that's working for the other side. Yeah. Why can't we have a guy working on our side? On the <laughs> other side. Come on. Nice. Oh, wait, we do. Sorry. Um, He's just playing both sides. Uh, So... When Obi Wan discover when Anakin tells Obi Wan that he gets the idea to use the, uh, the probe, uh, the smaller probe to figure out who is is behind it. Uh, he takes and scares the shit out of him free tar, which is awesome. Because yeah. it's like uh, he he says something along the lines of, "Oh, this meal is a little too big for the uh the notorious uh, uh what was the line." The infamous appetite of that coming in clutch. Um, <laughs> I thought that was funny because it's like you look at on free tar and you're like, yeah, this guy eats a ton. So great, great call on Obi Wan. <laughs> um, he goes through the Onda Far, which is he the same mm-hmm. center that he uh, with Padme in season yeah. one, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. And then there's Ken Rob who. We don't see after this episode, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think she disappears. Yeah, I, there's <laughs> there's some that don't ever we don't ever see yeah. again. And then when he nears uh, Tal Merrick, uh, uh, it, the the droid stops attacking mm-hmm. because it attacks everybody else, 
and Obi's like Obi Wan's like, well, uh, it won't attack the person that it's that's yeah. uh, not supposed to. And Tal pretty much is like, very very good, ha ha ha. Like <laughs> he like beats Obi Wan at his own game, and he takes Satine as a hostage. Yeah, and as like a Jedi, I would be like, all right, that's it. I'm done messing around. Like it's time to use the force to stop this, stop this guy. But Obi Wan refuses to do that. I'm like, you you will refuse. You will take down multiple droids, but you won't stop. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is the source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, get the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. A hostage situation, especially with the woman that you profess, that, well, you once professed your love for. Right. And I found that very, he was very compelling because he is still willing, like we were telling, he's very by the book still, even in a situation like that. What were your guys' thoughts on that whole situation? I wonder, so here's my question. Um, the way that Talmeric is holding the blaster to Satine, it might literally be, does he have, like, can he take the blaster from his hand before he pulls the trigger? It might literally be a timing situation where he doesn't know if he has enough time to do that. And it could True. be, it could be risky. Um, so it, I, you know, there's a lot of situations where like, why don't they use the force here? And I haven't um, really sort of thought about, does he, is he, does he have the explodey thing right away? Does he bring that up uh, right away? He's got it in like a back pocket. He uses it. Uh, so he goes, so he takes Satine, they go to the bridge and he assassinates everybody. Yeah. And I was like, yep, that is a bad guy. Yeah. Like, that is a guy that, that you don't want to mess with. Finally, we've got somebody that's kind of like Dooku in that sense, in Ventress. And he gets a hold of Vizsla, who sends boarding ships full of B2s. Oh, no, just B2s um, to help Merrick on the cornet. Um, and then Obi-Wan ends up catching up to the two. Uh, but as this is happening, uh, Anakin and Rex are are going to basically take out the um, droids and the Senate and Satine's Royal Guards, which, by the way, those guys are pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Like, those staff sticks are pretty formidable. Yeah. Um, I think she needs a lot more of those guys because, <laughs> like, as we learn later down the line, if there were, probably would have been more of those guys, we would have been better off. Yeah. Um. So... Obi-Wan attempts to arrest Merrick. Merrick, however, has rigged the engines to explode to the detonator. 
and uh, Satine begs uh, Obi Wan to stand his ground, and uh, the Jedi follows as a uh, follows at a distance uh, as Satine is dragged uh, toward one of the boarding ships, and this is the moment where Satine. Get, that professes her love to Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan's kind of a cotton. Uh, he he knows. I feel like he knows. He's known this for a while, but just hearing her say it takes him aback. And he, Obi Wan admits that he would have left the Jedi Order for her, and Merrick goes, Ugh, just like. The love, it's disgusting. And uh, that's the moment where Satine is able to get the upper hand on Merrick. And she steps on his foot, grabs the gun, and does like a nice little twirl and just like points the blaster. And I love this. I love this. I love this like interaction between these three because Merrick calls into question whether who's going to take him out. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the Jedi that that has been able to do it without any, uh, any problems, or is it going to be Satine who, who is, uh, who's too? She's a pacifist. W- would she dare cross that line? Mm-hmm. And he said, so, "I can't remember exactly the line, but he meant he he goes to Satine first, then goes to Obi Wan, Alm- and then says almost anyone, and then looks back at Satine." Mm-hmm. Um, and he literally then the... goes <laughs> like he has like he literally yeah. delivers the line where he's like almost anyone <laughs> like he does like a very old-fashioned <laughs> yeah. Saturday yeah villain. it's yep. like he's literally twirling his mustache I love the way he delivers literally every line it's perfect yeah like, cool brand themselves a cold blooded killer and you're just like he is eating this up he is yes. having his moment um, also uh, Talmeric is apparently a prince and I don't understand why or how. I, he's he's a he's from Satine's homeworld of Kalevala. He is a prince. Help! There's just so much what? information about Mandalorian stuff. Where they're just like, uh, tell Merrick who is a prince, and I'm like, of of what? Of Kalevala? How does that work? Is it a prince? Yeah, that's my question now. But Julia, you are literally saying exactly what's going in my head. Yeah, like I, how does that work? Is is are they a providence of? Are they like Concord, Concordia? Yeah. Are they because just the like a... family is from there? Did they give up a particular title? Is it sort of like France, where they allow Monaco to have a prince and have a principality, but or like like Dooku? Yeah, exactly. So like I um, lots of questions, um, yeah. and no answers because he is uh, fortunately about to be. Uh, you know, run through with Anakin's lightsaber, but um, which is hilarious because it's yeah. just like who will brand themselves a cold blooded killer, and then you just see the lightsaber. I'll do it. And, and, and Anakin just Whoosh. like just like uh, Anakin doesn't catch it, but Obi Wan does. Correct, mm-hmm. if I remember, yeah. he catches it, and and he goes, he goes, Anakin. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? He was gonna blow up the ship, yeah. <laughs> like. It, very pragmatic like come on like uh, what do you want me to do just let him blow up the ship totally and then also you you hear the uh the vader theme in the vader theme, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah which is which is kind of weird in a little bit of the sense because it's like yes he did kill somebody i feel like the but... vader thing always comes up whenever anakin kills somebody yeah, yeah. 
And it's just <laughs> it's like, like they it's a hint. Hard. He's gonna be getting to the dark side soon. Yeah. Like that, he didn't. He didn't do it out of like a dark side yeah. manner. Yeah. He did it on. I, I mean, not really honorably since he stabbed him through the back. Right. But like he did it to save people. Right. So it's like I don't quite understand why that tone is thrown in there. I get it, but it just doesn't make sense. Like from the situation point. Yeah. You know what like I mean. Um committing a war crime against the um is it a Geonosin that they have yeah, in captivity that yep. they have in captivity and he just plays torturing a prisoner like that yeah. makes sense to play the the Vader the Imperial March um but yeah they really kind of go a little heavy handed with the Vader theme with Anakin where it's like he... oh, are you talking about when Anakin was torturing Poggle the Lesser yeah Poggle in, yeah. in yeah. Geonosis arc yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that is yeah, definitely like, a Vader yes. moment yes this it, definitely uh, torturing is a, a prisoner moment. Vader moment absolutely this just kind of doing the right thing yeah right? yeah yeah <laughs> so if you're wait, so you're wait. saying that no go ahead beth i was just gonna say actually is a it's so i was like how could this potentially be a vader moment but he kills someone out of attachment hmm. all right okay beth coming in with the a- actually <laughs> so no I just, I just thought of it i was like oh no but that does make sense that yeah, makes yeah. sense because yes, he is he is attached to uh, to Obi Wan. Absolutely, yeah. I did, I guess that makes a little bit more sense now that it could be mm-hmm. a Vader moment because he does kill out of attachment. Yeah. Uh, in most in most situations, or turn or does dark side things due to attachment. So I, I that could definitely be. Yeah. Um, well, so... Considering he was coming from behind, speaking to using the Force, disarming him at that point, like you're talking about useful prisoners to like get to the bottom of what's or happening. Or just cut off the hand. What Tell stops Harris us from defense. cutting off exactly. hands? Like he definitely took a more extreme approach that he didn't necessarily have to take there if you really want to break it down, especially yeah. since Merrick has no idea that he's there. And he's no. just like, nope, saber through the heart immediately. I'm making sure that this guy can't ever do anything bad again. Um, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely, yeah, that's interesting to to think about. And then immediately after that, Anakin's like, and I'm not seeing anything. He literally feels <laughs> like yeah. a turn he's away like, moment. He's like, he's um, like, but he was gonna destroy the ship. Like I, like, I had to, which is And then I'm not a body here, not gonna, gonna name names who killed him. Yeah, yeah just you guys like, maybe want to talk. I'm not here, wink, and then like turns <laughs> away. Um, so then the coronet finally arrives on Coruscant where Palpatine congratulates the Jedi on their work. As always, he, he Anakin. Whenever they have Anakin Palpatine in the same room, Anakin always does his most to like be as cordial and as like appropriate as possible. And I think it's so funny that um like that's the way that works. Mm-hmm. Um, Satine approaches Obi Wan, casually flirts with him, says that uh she doesn't like the beard because it covers up too much of his of his. Uh, handsome face i believe is the quote that is said correct yeah um and then we see i think that's anakin said what was that all about yes yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) what was that all about and obi-wan's just like don't ask don't ask i did want to i did want to bring up one thing from this episode before we move on which is when they're in their little room talking about um his relationship yeah. Um, so there's a couple things that get mentioned. One, 
he mentions a civil war killed half of her people. This is one of the only references we get to like the um, aftermath of the civil war. If he's being literal, that is an insane sort of uh, result that would have, I think, warranted the kind of extreme change that we see. That's something really interesting. But I specifically want to mention when Anakin's like, right, Master Yoda says, not form attachment. And Obi-Wan has a line that sort of really sticks with me, which he said, but he fails to leave out the undercurrent of remorse, which is a very... Obi-Wan just like doesn't say any like he doesn't reveal information and then every once in a while he'll just like drop uh like a very uh, insightful subtle and then you're just like can we talk about that more and he's like no and I just (laughs) um yeah you know like making the right decision doesn't mean that it was an easy decision to make which I think is um a very Obi-Wan thing to say so I love I love that line um Camilla (laughs) embrace the beard era I mean yeah a lot beards are cool now which is great because if you look at if you look at the the mandalorians they don't have any beards none of no it's just strange so it must be it might be a cultural thing um they also seem to have a very uh high rate of uh, male pattern baldness so it might just be um although usually that means that they grow people like this testosterone you can grow really great beards even if you don't have hair in your head anyway it doesn't make sense but um The the Mandalorian men have a very specific uh, receding hairline, and they just tragic. they just they just shave a bunch. Yeah, what? Yeah. Maybe it's like from the helmets, and it's just there's a Maybe? long history. Maybe of the like, Beskar kind of like. Yeah, although Din does have a little goatee, which I'm like, who is that for, Bestie? Who's that for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For you who is to that? know that it's there. Oh yeah, <laughs> no yeah. Brian, did someone say beard? <laughs> yes, Brian, you have one of the best beards out there okay yeah you can put it away thank you (laughs) um uh voyage of temptation like i said one of the best episodes hands down single episodes that i i I really really enjoy and now we get to the finale of the arc duchess of mandalore char all right here we go (laughs) all right clear my throat throat) okay (laughs) i'm kidding anyway Let's, uh, add, okay. All right, Luke, if you don't mind counting down from three. Yep. Three, two, one. A diplomatic mission. As dissent threatens to tear up the peaceful Mandalore system, Duchess Satine struggles to protect her people against the escalating violence. Betrayed by two of her trusted allies, Satine now travels to Coruscant. There, she, she hopes to convince the Senate that a destructive splinter group, Death Watch, does not represent the Mandalorian or the entire Mandalorian government. Nice. Nice, nice. Um, so we start off, we see Dooku doing this, as always, just oh, like Palpatine. I feel like Palpatine, and it, Palpatine was like, okay, so if you're going to be my apprentice, you've got to learn how to do one thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? And it's this. Sit on a chair and do this for about do half this. an hour. Right mm-hmm. here. It works well with the force lightning. It just gets the fingertips going. Um, it's so, like a warm, warm up. Yeah. So this is where you really start to see Dooku and... exercises. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you see Dooku and Vizsla's uh, disconnect here because Dooku is warning Vizsla, pull out because there, we, we, there's nothing we can do right now. The Republic is not taking the bait. We've got something else planned. Sit tight. And, Viz, and Pre-Vizsla wants 
he wants nothing of it. I want to go. I'm going to go in guns a blazing, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And Dooku is just like, just listen to me. And we just send an assassin. We'll take out Satine and we'll, and we'll let the plan move on. Uh, so on the back end of the death watch camp, we see a scout uh, of Satine's, uh, one of Satine's guards, I believe, or he's mm-hmm. a scout that all Matt calls. And he gets back and he lets all Mac know that there, that there's a situation that the, um, that, that they are moving. Um, Oh, he's a new Mandalorian art, uh, new Mandalorian. Okay. So it's, it's death watch versus the new Mandalorians. Now I've got that now. I wasn't really all that aware to it. Sorry. I probably should have gotten that down in the first episode, but you know, here we are. Um, he claim uh, so the guy claims uh, that that Death Watch uh will never have the strength required to conquer Mandalore without the people's support, which is true. It's true. It's very very true because you see that even throughout the entire Clone Wars, when it comes back to Mandalore, it's it's who the people support. Yeah, and that's where the whole um plan goes to because and and everybody else knows that across yeah. the galaxy. You can't overthrow Mandalore without the the true people of Mandalore. Yeah. Um, they're um, never, it's almost like they're never going to be ruled by an outside force. And that if that outside force were to realize that they were never going to have complete control, yeah. they might feel compelled to just get rid of them. Like, oh, yeah. in some sort of purge. Potentially, could foreshadowing. Be yeah, it's almost like you know, it's the foreshadowing. I guess it's like backshadowing. I'm gonna. I just created a new concept called backshadowing, which I know is just retconning, but I think maybe it'll be a more positive way of describing this. But I watching these episodes of Clone Wars, and then later watching, I watching the Mandalorian episodes of Rebels made me violent. Um, because I saw the Mandalorian before I saw Rebels, and so I only saw the outcome of Ooh. what was happening there. And so now, when I go back and watch Clone Wars, I'm like, just take the dark saber and like throw it into space. Just get rid of it. <laughs> let let it go. Just someone please destroy it. Throw it into like back into Mount Doom. Like this is no nothing good is gonna come from this. And it's so so sad. I, it's a bit of a tangent, but I just find the tragedy of what happens to Mandalore is rooted in these episodes, and it's it's really really sad. And I I think it is when Mandalore uh, Mandalorian season three. If we get more detail about the purge, I'm thinking even now that Sabine's been confirmed to be an Ahsoka. Um, she's a survivor now of that, yes. and like what happened to the runs, what happened to Cronus, these other sort of Cronus, Calavala, Concordia. Concord Dawn, did they suffer the same fate as Mandalore proper? Just a lot of questions. A lot of questions that I have. But it's all back to this, like you're saying. Like, it's all foreshadowing. It is very, very much foreshadowing because we don't see a whole lot of what happens to the... um, (laughs) uh, We don't really know what, what happens to Mandalore after the Empire. It's very... It's it's hinted at in Rebels. And it's kind of flushed out in Rebels, but after that, we the only other thing is we get the Mandalorian. That's pretty much all we know. 
we see this triumphant. You can't imagine how violent it made me to watch oh, yeah. The Mandalorian season two and then go back and watch Rebels and see Sabine give Bo-Katan the Darksaber. And I just was like yelling. I think there's still a video of me on TikTok responding to this, being like, no 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 absolutely not like what something happened here between these two time periods that went terribly terribly wrong and like i know i'm supposed to be happy but all i feel is pain and it's yeah. Sabine, <laughs> yes like sabine throw it into the fire and then she's like no <laughs> just no. like as her it's sealed her moment of like refusing yeah you know what the dark saber is now the one ring i don't make the rules it is <laughs> i think inherently a corruptive force it i is. don't think you can wield it you think you're going to wield it for good? Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, Far from normal. Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster, in a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org. But what about Din? I think it would corrupt him. I think I think I don't think. You know what? I would love. I actually would. This would be very radical. But I think they should destroy the dark saber at the end of the Mandalorian. I think they should destroy it. Thoughts. Thoughts about the dark saber in general, or thoughts about it being destroyed? Uh, Thoughts on it being destroyed, because I mean, it's like. That, that's kind of a that that is very radical and it would basically that is what should have happened in the beginning to be honest i would like it but i feel like it would have to be a member of house Beasley that would destroy it so that way it would be like yeah. symbolic as far what as happened, full circle. is there any Beasley's left paz Beasley still alive paz Beasley is and it's also yeah. house Beasley, so you would have sabine technically because she's yes. Uh, oh, part of okay. So, any, I and then it. I guess, yeah. So I mean, now I need to be to, to destroy the dark saber, and if I don't get it, I'm gonna be mad. I just think, <laughs> I just think it represents, it represents the, the way that they're setting up the fact that people are fighting and dying over the stupid sword, and yep. like the way that Bo's obsessed with this sword as representative of like how to fix Mandalore, and it's like. Clearly, for the past 30, 40 years, Bone, this hasn't worked. Like, you haven't successfully wielded this sword in order to unite Mandalore. This has turned into a Darksaber rant, and I'm sorry. But um, I just think it would be very fitting for Din and Sabine to be like, you know what? We need to start over. Like, the Mandalore of the past, um, we can honor the past, but, like, this sword represents pain and suffering and I, we need to destroy it and then they destroy it and then becomes the new Mandalore but like doesn't wield this like uh, symbol of destruction that's what I think anyway that's, that's my rant about that's the dark saber that's interesting 
That's yeah, cool. and then later they can like reforge it, right? Like they can. It's a fun storyline. This, like, this, this is what they could later. do. This is what they could do. They could just take the crystal out, uh, just keep the blade on the ground, have Bo-Katan use Moff Gideon's ship to blast it, and then easy <laughs> right there. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Though, what if the hilt is made of Beskar? It is, be it is made of Beskar, isn't it? Not canonically confirmed, but it's statistically most likely made out of Beskar or a Mandalorian alloy. Yeah. But it hasn't so, been confirmed. How are we going to destroy it with a ship, though? You can't. Well, we're going to. So, gonna... what's going to be our Mount Doom? Or just be like <laughs> Kylo Ren and just throw it in the ocean. It could, be, it could be liquid, it could be magma Beskar. They could be out of mining facility. Magma Beskar. Okay. Drop, drop it in Mount Doom. All right. I think I literally, literally. Mando, drop Mando it in season Mount three. Doom. Mando season three. Can't. Can, we are giving you the plot. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Mando. It's happening here. Tin Jarn's gonna go to Mount Doom. He's gonna go to Mount Doom. And then it's just gonna drop it. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Smeagol's gonna come. And out then every of all Doom. of a sudden, there's gonna be just giant holes I, in the ground. And we yeah. don't make the rules, people. Yeah. Just like Julia said, we don't make the rules. We. Bo-Katan is. Smeagol in this, and I'm sorry, but he is. And then eagles just come yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so back to the episode. Uh, the so the after seeing the uh, the group and the back and forth between Vizsla and the Scout, we see the Galactic Senate in session, which we don't see a ton, but we do see more in the show, which is nice because. We are still Paula. There is Paul. We are Star Wars, and wars are started by poli- mostly politics. Mm-hmm. And to see that Palpatine, Papa Palps, obviously weaving his web and crinkling his fingers and getting the light force lightning ready, uh, basically shows that uh, that the, that there is an addressing rising concern about mm-hmm. the Death Watch, and Satine cuts in and intervenes saying that Mandalore's is putting great effort into finding the leaders of the group who are uh, unable to gain control of the planet uh, because they don't have the, the will of the people. Um, then Palpatine's basically like, uh, that's not what this recording says. And the recording, the uh, deputy Ma- uh, minister, Jarek, uh, basically, He's also from just a fun fact. Oh, Maybe they're related to to, to Satine and, yeah, and Merrick. Because the only things we know about Kalavala, Satine is from there. Talmeric is a prince from there, and then Jarek gets killed. Like he he dies there. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Well, so, that's interesting. Um. So, uh, Jarek states that there's a civil war that that is a miss uh in with the Mandalorians. Satine's obviously taken back by this because she's yeah. like, uh, I know this guy. Uh, he wouldn't be saying this stuff. And Padme, see, this is the best part is that we've got Anakin and Obi-Wan in the last episode. Now we got An- uh, Satine and Padme growing a friendship and growing kind of mm-hmm. like the similar thing. I feel like Anakin, after he left Obi-Wan and like when Padme left Satine, they're like, wow. They got issues as much as we got issues. <laughs> and, uh, so Padme asks and asks Satine and asks her who this person is, and uh, Satine says, "Yeah, I know this person." And when the recording stops, Satine 
adamantly states that that that's not this isn't the case. Mm-hmm. And Papa Palps is basically like, well, uh, we ran out of time. Uh, <laughs> we will talk about this next session. We will vote on this next session and uh, adjourned. And the team's like, what? Like, what's going on? And yeah. as she walks out of the building, Obi-Wan approaches and she is heated. Just, just heated. And Obi-Wan's like, yo, we're on the same team. Why are you taking your anger out on me? Like, what's going on? Uh, Char, what are your thoughts on the on Satine going out, going off on uh, Obi-Wan in that moment? It's like a typical boyfriend-girlfriend kind of situation. <laughs> True that, my friend. True that. Happens yeah, you quite got, often. You got to have someone to vent to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, a lending ear is always good to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and Obi-Wan's just more like, okay, I hear you. I hear you, but I'm trying to help. No, okay, I'm I'm hearing you again. Can I help you? No? No? Can I can I help? No? All right, well, I guess I'll just listen then. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Obi-Wan you guys is, also Obi-Wan is the kind of guy who like sometimes you're you just want to vent, you don't want your problems to be solved. And there are a lot of men who take you explaining your problems as like, okay, I'm gonna solve the problem. And like sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes you just want to like express frustration. And Obi-Wan seems very much like a problem solver in terms of like, okay, well, how are we gonna fix it? And we'll fix it. And I think Satine here He's like, well wants... then let's uh let's try this, Satine. Yeah. And she's like, uh... no, I'm I'm expressing frustration with the democratic process and like a bloated bureaucracy. I don't think we can fix that right now. I'm just upset about that. And it's it's you see that sort of conflict of like, yeah, sometimes you just want to be frustrated and like, you know, or you don't want the problem fixed. And like Satine has a lot of moments where um, she's a very sort of intense emotional person and it gets misread as like um, a lack of seriousness. And I think Mm -hmm. it's important, like how extreme, like she is fearing the type of uh, invasion that ends up destroying her planet. So I think it's 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 sort of like that Cassandra prophetic moment mm-hmm. where she can see the dangerous path that's leading to, and no one else seems to be able to see it. And as a re- yeah, result, no. she looks a little crazy for being like, yeah, no, no, they're trying to like take control of Mandalore, which is exactly what they're trying to do. But you know, the the the, the galaxy's Overton window is not yet open to conversations about like. Uh, the Republic sort of over overreach or whatever. So um, yeah. it's a good intro insight to their relationship, but it's also a great insight into the fact that I think Palpatine needs her out of the way because she's aware of sort of the dynamics of the way the Republic itself is flawed, Works. not just a separatist. Yes. And like, she can't be allowed to like survive to see that those machinations. So yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, he, really, he really can't handle women in power. I think that's nope. like true. That's truly Palpatine's downfall. Yep, he can't. He can't handle. Uh, he can't handle Padme. He can't handle Satine. He can't handle Mon Mothma or or Mother Townsend. Uh, any woman that has a voice is very much a threat to him. It seems like. Well, and Leia takes much the same role later. Oh yeah, too, and Leia. like. The Geonosian um, Queen. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. her too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems like. Look, I don't want to read too deep into it. Does Palpatine come from a planet with a strong matriarchy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does he give off some vibes? Perhaps a little bit. Like I, you know, I, I'm not saying Palpatine is an incel. I'm saying we don't know that he's not. He just puts off the vibes. That's all we're saying. We're not just saying. Palpatine is a free boy. <laughs> he's a frat boy for sure. Yeah. Uh, he look. I just look at the history of like Bray Organa is the queen of Alderaan. What planet gets destroyed? Alderaan. Alderaan. Naboo. He basically like ruins his own planet. Um, Mandalore is ruled by a woman. Um, like it's I'm not saying <laughs> that Palpatine uh has more problems than uh than we think, but he is we should look into it. Yeah. They need to do a little bit more digging. If they would have, they <laughs> might have they might have cut on to the whole uh, issue. Yeah. Uh someone said no to the Nabu prom and he's like, fine, I'll become a Sith Lord. yeah that's that's great that's great um so after the little him listening and 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 her venting and uh her speeder gets sabotaged and the guy tells the guards to jump out of i mean that he calculates this let me just tell you calculates it down to the the the, the smallest like if i don't have this speed you're not going to make it so you got to jump now and i'm just thinking to myself this guy's just not not an ordinary pilot he knows what he's doing yeah um and the way that uh he jumps out uh, they jump out and they land perfectly like i feel like they both had her one was on top one was on bottom and it it just worked perfectly. Those guards, I tell you what, those guards are great. Well, it, they're it, the they're what become the protectors. They're the Mandalorian protectors. So when you oh, see yeah, Ben Rao and his squad later, like they have a history of protecting the crown, and I'm sure have run many drills, had practiced many yeah. times, and like they're very uh-huh. well trained. Um, oh, yeah. So it's it's a fun little um, connection where you see that training. What what sort of group of Mandalorians has? martial training that aren't extremist and it's literally the protectors um, yep. because we don't have true mandalorians in canon so um it's just the royal guard and that's what becomes the protectors of concord dawn so yep yeah so uh then we get a shot uh obviously we see the speeder run into the building which is going to cost people a lot of money those construction people that that building's gonna have a little bit of issues on that level um we get palpatine's office uh satine tries to convince palpatine that the malfunction was not an accident that her speeder was tempered with uh he dismisses the whole thing because why would they and then masamita puts his big old fat head into it and he's agrees with satine uh but only further justifies the needs that uh they need to handle the death watch more seriously um and that they think that she's not handling handling it well and it just like you said julia they're they're trying to solve the problem instead of just listening also because one of the people is the problem yeah and it's never gonna get fixed because he is the problem um so she expressed the disgust with the political structure um with obi-wan again uh 
uh, he basically is just like, I, now this is just not good. Like you, you're being basically hunted down and this is just, we can't have this. Um, and she, she basically is just like the chancellor and Masamita are, are just the worst. Um, she does say that Toby one that she is all right. She's just frustrated, which happens in the middle of the conversation. Uh, Padme informs them that the Senate uh, has voted to basically they, they, they were in an emergency session and that they are planning on invading Mandalore, which that's the, that's the, the straw that broke the camels back in that situation. Um, and, then they, they're they planning to leave at sunrise. Now, this next part, where she gets this contact, is is a very interesting plot hole. I mean, does the guy come from Mandalore specifically? Does he come from Kondavala? Like, I, I just don't understand how she got in contact with this person. And it, that was the one thing that went through my mind is that uh, she finds this guy. He's a fellow Mandalorian. And uh, he's the in-between for the Republic Ministry of Intelligence. He's a Mandalorian that works for them. And uh, he hands her the card of the actual message that Jarek sent and says that it was tampered with. Well, there's a Death Watch assassin who's basically... I, I don't understand why he didn't just take out Satine. Why he shot the informant. Like, you've got her in her sights, in your sights. You might as well just take her out. But that reminds me of that reminds me of the Cosmonaut Variety Hour bit where he's like, uh, yeah. Palpatine sends a guy who sends a guy who sends a shapeshifter who sends a robot who sends slugs to kill Padme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, why? What is... <laughs> What Come is on. The, the logic here? Um, yeah. So obviously uh, he misses. And then uh, so Satine's there and the security droids are like, stop her. She killed that person. And she's like pleading with them. I did not kill him. Kind of like the there's another situation later down the line where the police droids don't do their job again. Yeah. And it's just like. Hand to, hand to face sometimes with these droids in the <laughs> Republic in general. Um, and like she ends uh, ends up going on this wild goose chase and the assassin fails to kill her the first attempt. Uh, thoughts on that whole exchange? Anybody? Char? Beth? You guys can go ahead. My favorite part, and I want to know why, um, when Obi-Wan finds her, he's like, nice disguise and smiles like he's seen it before. That's the yeah. story I want. How did he know? Yeah. I mean, obviously he could sense her through the force, but I was like, there's a story there and I want that. And it's well, got to be in the year. Look, the red cloak, it's it's a good yeah. look. It's a nice look. It is very um, good look. Yeah. yeah. It's a great cloak. I think Obi-Wan is just a, he's a... He's a fine connoisseur of cloaks, and I think he's like, nice cloak. I appreciate that. It's a nice touch. He's like, I want that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Where's my red cloak? Yeah, this. exactly. Um, uh, go ahead, Julia. Oh, I was just gonna say, I am um, the. This episode is a little bit frustrating because yes. it is um, episodes. So the uh, uh, Mandalore plot and Voyage of Temptation fit pretty well together. This, the the relationship between Obi Wan and Satine in this episode is um, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense emotionally from what we saw in Voyage of Temptation. I yes. feel like they have this like shift in they have to like take it down a notch um, from the sort of tension that we got. And that makes sense. I just think it would have been nice to have a conversation where they debrief on the, you know, confessions of love that they just uh-huh. had. And then suddenly we have this next episode where it's like they're just kind of friends again. And it's a really yeah. It's an abrupt transition, and I think... We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Paid actor portrayal. I didn't see it coming. Life can be so unpredictable. After losing my dad, it made me think about my family if something were to happen to me. The mortgage, car payments, and all the other bills. Even things like our annual summer vacation would be out of reach. I had heard about life insurance through Ethos and how easy it was to get coverage. They were right. I knew it was time to stop putting it off and get life insurance right now. I got on my computer and went to ethoslife.com. In just 10 minutes, I was covered. And boom, family protected. Thanks to Ethos, my family won't have to worry about the bills if the unpredictable happens to me. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. It has always bothered me that there isn't some sense of like that in this episode, they don't have a conversation where it's like, like, we've been acting really weird. Like, can we talk about the fact that, you know, you like having a little moment where they talk about what happened in Voyage of Temptation and it never comes up and it drives me crazy. And so I always have frustration with this episode because I think this episode would have been better if they were still dealing with the sort of heightened emotional stakes of Voyage of Temptation because here you just like a a essentially platonic relationship and it's missing the tension that was just present in the last episode and it always has bothered me that that i don't know beth if if you feel the same way but that's kind of a pet peeve i have with this episode as a whole i completely agree it feels like the chemist like the chemistry is definitely muted and then the whole like Mm -hmm. hey we're friends right she's like friends but kind of sad it it feels totally different um, yeah, no, but I have my yeah. head cannons for why the tension's gone. So, whoa! <laughs> oh well, <laughs> that's not anything I can say on here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> oh, you, you, all right. There's, but there is exactly there is a missing I scene. I got what you're dropping. There is. There's I, a missing scene. I, 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 I got what you're dropping. I, I caught what you're. I yeah, keep picking up what you're dropping. Um, I know X-Core was here earlier saying like they can't you know it's not kid friendly what the missing piece that you need 
between these two episodes and like I agree like either it's a very adult conversation about like wanting different things or it's a different type of adult situation that you can't show in the Clone Wars and so as a result they've like built up that happens it happens less and less as the Clone Wars develops where they just sort of they the the show grows with the age of its audience which I think is really sort of smart but this is season two and like they're trying to tackle a lot of things that are just you can't get into it in the depth you need to for like for uh, for children this is yes. fine but it's absolutely for adult audience like we're not the target audience for like but wait what happened between i would have left the jedi order for you and i love you and now we're just like <laughs> so huh? you're my friend again yeah all right okay cool cool friend zoned again yeah um but like in between that uh the assassin reaches out to vizsla um and in between that, Dooku's talking to Papa Palps. And he he's basically, Palps is like, the Death Watch is ready to fight the Republic forces. Um, he Palps is like, he expre- expresses concern about the possible interference with by Duchess Satine. And Dooku's like, ah, she won't be an issue. And it's like, Dooku severely under, uh, like, over or underestimates like every opponent. Yeah. And like sometimes it's right to under underestimate. But like most of the time that's his downfall. Cause he uh, uh, underestimates them. Uh yeah, he does that to Ventress. Um yes. you know, he he does the same thing. He he has a huge ego and it gets in the way and yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. So, uh, like we were saying earlier, Obi-Wan and Satine meet up. Uh, uh, so they meet up. Uh, she hands Obi-Wan the card because they're not going to stop a Jedi from going into the Senate, the Senate uh, building, which is completely true. They're not. Um, they leave together but are followed by the assassin. Uh, in an alleyway, the assassin tosses the thermo- thermal detonator at them, but Obi Wan's like, force push. <laughs> oh, I almost just knocked over something. Uh, force push, uh, and just like, so you could use the force there. Which can, can do we just pick and choose when we use the force? Like, come on, come on. Um, and he pretty much saves Satine's life for like the un- unteenth time. Uh, that case on Kato Nemoidia doesn't count. Kind of, <laughs> that's the as many times as he's saved her um and the death watch assassin's pretty formidable pretty formidable i tell you what because obi-wan has a tough time taking out the guy but the best part is when he throw. i think he malfunctions the uh the jetpack and he hits a wall <laughs> and then goes straight down i was like good job obi-wan yeah good job great job uh, so he ends up taking out the uh, the assassin. Uh, they get to the Senate building. Satine approaches the Senate commandos, uh, basically turning herself in so that Obi-Wan can get to Padme to give the uh, the information. Uh, so uh, Palpatine, uh, they get that information. They get the message in. Palpatine obviously has like a, well, fuck they figured it out yeah um 
face and they play the full recording and it's it's opposite. It's Jarek saying, we don't need interference mm-hmm. from the Republic. We can take care of this ourselves. And which saves them for a time, but not forever. It just prolongs the inevitable. It's it fine. does. It does. Very much so. Uh, at the Death Watch base, sirens are blaring, obviously. Vesla's furious, furious again. And Dooku basically is just like, we can't do anything. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you, bro, when uh, there's a better time, basically. Mm-hmm. And Vizsla, this is what Vizsla's distaste for Dooku and the Sith now shows up in a, the later seasons. But mm-hmm. he mentions it, mentions it, mentions it multiple times throughout the entire series. Um, then we get a shot back at the Palpatine's office. Uh, Palpatine thanks Padme for the new information, eliminates the current need for Mandalore's occupation. Uh, she gives all the credit to Satine, uh, who enters at that exact moment, which is nice because then you get to see that in between between Padme and Satine, the friendship grow, and see what it could have been later down the line. Uh, then ends with um, uh, the Jedi. Basically, uh, she talks to Obi Wan again for a short time, and then basically the uh, episode uh, ends. Uh, as she says to Obi Wan, things are changing, and mm-hmm. kind of hints on on what what's supposed to come. With that being said, it's time for our rankings. So, do I need to go over the rankings again for everybody in the chat and for here? Yes. I mean, if you want to, I, I can I can go over them real quick. Char, go. All right. So, as an arc, your rankings will be Jedi Youngling is bad, Jedi Padawan, okay, Knight, good, Master, great, Grandmaster, Chef's Kiss. There you go. Buster, they want to see you. You got to be Buster. good. Buster. be good. Oh, hi, little guy. You're Too so... bad Chewie's not here. Yeah. You would love Chewie. It's so dark in here. They can't see your face. Oh, Where's yeah, Chewie? Buster. Uh, at my parents' house. Oh, Chewy. I know. No. I know. Sorry. Uh, but he'll be back next week on, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Julia, uh, what's your ranking of the arc? Um, I think the second best one would be my so, Jedi, Jedi math. Yeah. Yeah. I think as a whole, like it had the third episode been as good as the first two episodes, I would be up there in terms of like i think as an arc it's it's solid again there's just some emotional disconnect in the last piece of it that kind of falls apart as opposed to like the um lawless arc in season five which is you know i would put in the, the highest rank in terms of like nice. consistent um emotional storytelling throughout um i voyage of temptation i would put in the in the highest rank in terms of individual episodes though um yep. it's self-contained it does, you don't need to sort of see the other parts of it to understand it and it has a very um solid sort of uh narrative uh uh and emotional sort of connection but i would say second highest for the for the arc as a whole which is why i get upset when people say you can skip the first two seasons of clone wars i'm like you absolutely cannot skip the first two seasons of clone wars geonosis arc and yeah. this one make and this the one in particular season. is so necessary to the oh. rest of um the series and also absolutely 
it's one of obi-wan doesn't have that many standalone arcs in the clone wars i'm nope. currently working on a clone wars episode guide for obi-wan in preparation for the series coming out and it's actually surprising how little uh, focus he has in the show as a whole in terms of stories that are about him and even the stories that are about him aren't really about him no um, they aren't so um life insurance what's your excuse for putting it off can't afford it too much hassle think your work coverage is enough there's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance but one big reason why you shouldn't if the unexpected were to happen to you who would pay the mortgage the kids tuition and all the other bills in a time of grief the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially at ethos we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom family protected rates can increase the longer you wait so no more excuses Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance, up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. That's something I'm working on, but yeah, awesome. that's my ranking. Uh, Beth? Nice. Um, I completely agree with Julia. I would say the Jedi Master as far as the overall arc um specifically again because of the third one um i never whenever i watch the arc i'll always watch the first two and i'm just like okay let's move on to watch that (laughs) which i feel horrible about um so that's that's the only reason why um and obviously voyage of temptation chef's kiss incredible Um, oh god yeah i love that episode and also for people who say you can skip over the first two clones, these like this arc is literally in the like Disney essential Clone Wars episodes, like on Disney Plus. It's yeah. like yeah. This arc is part of it. You can't you can't skip it. So. No, yeah, it's so detrimental to the entire series as a whole. Just watch it in chronological order. Don't worry about seasons. Just watch it in chronological order. That's I'm, what I say. I feel like sometimes you can watch it. Uh, you can just throw on an episode and if somebody hasn't seen it and just be like, oh, we're going to watch like Man- the Mandalore plot arc, see how they feel, and then they can go back and watch it. Exactly. However it was yeah. released or whatever. So, Char, I think we're all I think we're all going to be in agreement I think we here. all agree that it's a Jedi Master. Jedi Master. It's yeah. a very it's good Jedi arc. Master. Absolutely. And, and then, the, yeah, the main reason why we say it's a Master is because there's one out of the three episodes that kind of drag it down. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm comfortable with saying that it's a Jedi Master. Everybody else in the chat, anybody else? Uh, I've got Robert Kenobi who says it's a, grand, a Jedi Master. It. I absolutely would have made it a, a Grand Master if it weren't for that last episode for sure. Um, but Char, is it time for my segment? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, you know the drill. Um. Oh yeah. X Core also said it's a Jedi Master. Jedi Master as well. Yes. All right. So are you ready? Yes. All right. Doing in the voice. Doing in the voice. I know. I know. Ready. Yep. Three interesting facts about a certain Clone Wars arc that you didn't know about until now. Part two: The Mandalore <laughs> arc. Fact one: Satine and her royal guards. 
Duchess Satine Kreese and her royal guards were inspired by unused concept art for episode one, The Phantom Menace. Satine was based on some of Queen Amidala's illustrations, and her royal guards were inspired by Sith designs. Fact two, Pre Vizsla's hologram. In Voyage of Temptation, the scene with Pre Vizsla's hologram appears in front of Tal in front of Talmeric with and Satine. Pre Vizsla's character design wasn't finalized yet, so when he appears, he is shown with his Mandalorian helmet while wearing clone trooper armor. Fact three, while Ralph McQuarrie's work uh, appears in uh, this arc. In the Duchess of Mandalore episode, the Coruscant Park was based on several pieces of Ralph McQuarrie's concept art. The boulder in the middle is meant to be the only exposed mountain peak on Coruscant's surface. I did know that one. You did? Oh, okay. I did know that one because it is talked about in the uh, the, the behind-the-scenes episode. Yeah, yeah, that too. And I have like a, I have a couple extra ones too, but those are the main three. But um. Uh, Greg Proops, he's the voice of uh, Fode from and Fode and Bede, those uh, those uh, announcers for uh, the Boot Eve Classic, in the Padres. He voices Talmeric. That makes oh, sense. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, mostly by Skywalker. Yeah, he's yeah. he's voice acted by Talmeric, and um, the cool thing is too is also Jarek. Um, the first thing he says in the Senate meeting is it's a period of civil war, which is the first line in A New Hope's opening crawl. Mm. Again, absolutely. it's where we're headed. No, like yeah. poetry, it rhymes. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. All right, all right, all right, all right. So we're going to get into Star Wars news for a little bit. Uh, but uh, let's get into the news. All right. Uh, so first Let's get off, business. since uh, we are talking about the Boy Wonders, the dynamic duo. Uh, so Kathleen Kennedy. Oh look, that's Ewan and Hayden. Has, has uh, talked about uh, about how the Obi Wan Kenobi reunion has been in an, an emotional one, particularly for both Ewan and Hayden. Oh, uh, she is quoted as saying they hadn't seen one another in a long time. I was surprised at just how incredibly emotional it was for them, for each of them to find themselves back in these roles and just realizing how important Star Wars was to each of them. It was the beginning of their careers, which is true. Yeah. Absolutely true of what she said there. Um, I So we talked a little bit about the sizzle reel uh, in that community episode, but I want Beth and Julia's takes on what we could possibly see that is going to rip out our hearts and in Lucasfilm's going to take our hearts they're going to they're just going to crush them. Like what are we going to see in this show that is just going to crush us? Cuz you know they got something. What's that going to be? Yeah, you guys can go ahead. Um, I just I have a lot of thoughts on the, that question, and uh, I just have to figure out which one that I would like to address first. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, either one. So the so the, the first thing I'd like to say is that Ewan and Hayden have been ever since the prequels were made. They've been they worked together for four to five years, working on a, a Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. 
and we have like when you when you were a little kid watching them perform you're like oh my god that that was like the that was star wars for you like i was born in 2000 so growing up those were the two actors that really stood out to me because the first yeah. movies i watched were episodes two and three and seeing ewan and hayden having an emotional reunion uh when making the kenobi show it just it was kind of a given because they meant so much yeah. to us and i'm sure them together were like the book that's coming out they were brothers oh god on screen and off screen so it's cool to have them together again yeah yeah absolutely i mean i went into a lot of my thoughts um again <laughs> on on uh conspiracy cantina the whole obi-wan episode um so i feel like here it's 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 hard to you know is she speaking about what they were doing is she just speaking about in general getting them together again like I don't doubt we're going to see an emotional sort of connection here um, like I mentioned many times I think we're going to see Obi-Wan training to become a force ghost and in doing that he's going to have to face his past like Yoda does in season six of the Clone Wars um, and that will include facing uh, Anakin and what happened to him so I think it's going to be feeling like he failed him this is okay this is very slight a tiny tangent i watched the first episode of the mandalorian with my mom who doesn't know a lot about star wars and so she then asked me to explain all of star wars to her oh that's and, tough um, and so i was explaining who anakin was and who obi-wan was and she goes well is obi-wan a good guy and i'm like yeah he's, he's a very good guy and she goes then why did he let anakin turn into darth vader and i was just Ooh. like mom like this Ooh, hard-hitting question i was like ow <laughs> ouch like they're really cut deep mom <laughs> and so i think but that got me thinking about like i'm sure once he you know realizes who darth vader is um if he hasn't already that's going to be um that's going to be tough so i imagine it's going to be a lot of like feeling like he's failed and then also getting to the point where we see in a new hope where he doesn't feel responsible and he just sort of knows at this point it's off to the next generation um to luke and leia to to you know do what he he couldn't do and him coming to acceptance of like he has regrets, but he's no longer like taking responsibility for Darth Vader, which I think is important because it's not his fault at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been a big, big topic lately talking about Anakin's fault of the dark side. Yeah. 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 Some, yeah we're not going to, you know, <laughs> not a slippery slope. Beth, <laughs> your thoughts? Oh man. So I have, I have a ton of thoughts that I haven't really, I don't think I've really talked about them yet. However, my one thing that like sticks out in my mind is why, or at least this is me theorizing why the show is called Obi-Wan Kenobi and not Kenobi because everyone refers to it as Kenobi or the Kenobi series. But I think a lot of it is going to be, or a significant portion. There's a quote in the Kenobi book, which I have somewhere near me, but it's him talking to Qui-Gon in one of the meditations. And he's like, yeah. how am I supposed to, you know, how can I become Ben if Obi-Wan is still alive? That's one of my so favorite think, Legends book. Oh, it's such a good book. It's There's so many great angsty quotes. JJM um, just knows how to write good Star Wars, even if it's Legends or canon. We made USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Right now at Safeway, save on all your favorite home sense and cleaning products for a fresh, clean home. 
Shop for deals on items like Glade candles and plugins, Febreze air fresheners, Clorox cleaners, Swiffer wet cloths, or Scotch Bright sponges. Plus, deck the halls and shop for deals on items like mini light sets, holiday wrapping paper, holiday candles, and holiday cards. Offer expires December 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for full offer details. We Not- need we need to be brought into canon that Ben is from Satine because that just connects the whole universe <laughs> yeah. together. I think it's a really oh, minor God. thing, but I need the, that yeah. very badly. Yeah. Um like and I've said this every single time this conversation gets brought up. I like what you said, Julia, about him facing Anakin in that issue. I think he's gonna face that physically as well. Um, my thing is, is like Vader and Anakin are my favorite character. I'm not an Anakin stan. Let me just say he had a lot of flaws. Um, hey, hold sure on, hold on. I, <laughs> he, he had a lot of flaws. I'm not saying that he didn't have any part in his downfall. He definitely did. I, I Anakin stands sometimes get a bad rap because there are extremists, but anyway, um, the moment I want to see is is when Vader sees Obi-Wan. He takes a moment to take off the mask. Either takes off the mask or it happens in battle where the where the mask comes off and but how would that work? Cuz just, just just let me it's just I'm playing this out cuz it's called suffocation. Game. No, um. because he uses the force cuz remember that well in Lords of the Sith he he can use the force to to literally help him breathe. Oh, you know. So he can he can Come use on. that he can use that rage and that hate to take off the helmet, and and you can see Hayden's face, his burnt face, his 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 lost face, and he can, he will say, "Look what you've done to me with the with the yellow eyes, and just the the raw because that's what Hayden did well in the last half of, of Revenge of the Sith." was his anger. He was able to channel that. And I feel like if that happens, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to be... When we do the reaction... You're going to be curled up in a ball, walking back and forth in the corner of your room. If Pablo Hidalgo wants to make fun of somebody for the reactions that's not Star Wars Theory, call me or watch my reaction, because I will be in tears. I will literally ball crying. And, like, that's what I'm hoping yeah. will happen i think we're definitely seeing them in a fight that's happening I, you can take it to the bank whether you like it or not i think it's 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 very much going to be played into that part because obi-wan it, like i said the the kenobi show is very necessary because it answers a lot of questions return of the jedi vader says obi-wan once thought as you do that doesn't make sense after revenge of the sith he never thought that Vader was redeemable. Uh, I mean, they kind of talk about that when they were walking in circles in Mustafar. Yeah, but like, I, I don't fear the dark side as you do. But like the the gravitas of like like once Obi Wan takes out Anakin on Mustafar, he's done. He doesn't believe that he's still there. Like he 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 believes that his friend is gone, and like and, and there's other things. It just it just works. That's what I think. But I went on a tangent. See, Julia, you're not the only one that goes on tangents. I go on tangents. <laughs> yeah, this show is full fine of tangents. To talk as much as you want. 
Um, and and then the last thing that we've got for news is that she, Kathleen Kennedy, also said that uh, the sequels that there's room that there uh, the door is always open for the sequels, sequel characters, and don't be surprised if they show up sooner rather than later. Now, this brings up the case of what characters do we want to see? Well, I mean, get I've their own shows that, uh, and stuff like that. I heard uh, a week or two ago that uh, Kathleen Kennedy went uh, to get breakfast with Daisy Ridley not too long ago. So uh, that could mean anything. I I love that the sequels are getting the sequel characters because there's a ton that they could do. They could have um, uh. Daisy and and John do the building of the or whether they're learning she's teaching him of the ways of the force or teaching others with him the ways of the force building back the Jedi order if they even build back the Jedi order like those are those are questions that I feel like that need to be answered and they they will be um it's just the, the interesting thing is is that the this makes content for us that actually like the sequels. So like we're going to get these. I guarantee you we, we get announcements at star Wars celebration. Hands down. We will probably get a, a, a in development ratio and an in development, uh, uh, Finn show as well. Um, but I want your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, the sequels, the possibility of us getting sequel, more sequel content. Hey, if you like the sequels and if you don't like the sequels, you should just enjoy this because at the end of the day, it's Star Wars content. If you don't like Ray, if you don't like Poe, you don't like Finn, you don't like any of those characters. It's fine. You can have an opinion. But what they do with these characters may help your interest into liking the trilogy even more. Yeah. Just like Clone Wars, just like all the other side productions that they've been doing to help the the, the current trilogy so mm-hmm. like yeah. not a lot of people have seen resistance but i think yeah. that's just because of the current stage that we're in but i think that using some of the the characters from the sequel trilogy to to propel the the outcome of the sequel trilogy and how the fandom is it'll help yeah and to see some development with finn that's the main thing i want to see I want to see Finn's character arc re-revived, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it kind of just took a, a huge detour in Rise of Skywalker. And I was yeah. like, this guy had so much potential. Yeah. He had the he had the most potential out of any any of the sequel characters. Yep. And uh just went down the drain. So if anything, I want Finn to have a main story if they're gonna do that. I agree. Beth? Um, I think it's going to be, in all honesty, I think the sequels are going to be in like 20, wait, how old? Yeah, kind of old. Okay, so like 20-ish years when this generation that's grown up with the sequels is now of our age. Mm-hmm. I think this they're going to have that same level of nostalgia that we have mm-hmm. for the prequels and why we yeah. love them so much. And they'll have that for the sequels. Um, and I think that Disney is definitely going to utilize every single you know aspect they can in order to continue to like push that forward um i too big i would love like jedi finn story like with ray training him like kind of how they did in the lego special the yeah special. yeah 
That's what I want. I the want that so badly. Yeah. I think Finn's going to have a... I'm going to go say green. green. Okay, I was also thinking green. That Boom! Green Let's go. Let's go. We are all on the same wavelength. I, I think, love this. I just the lightsaber you know, over here. here. Luke and Ezra, like, he just... I would put him in that category. Yes! Um, and so yeah. that's that's what I think of. Um, and most of the time when they use a blue lightsaber, they usually just go to green. Just like how Luke did. Just like how... Kind of like yeah. how Annika did at the end of Attack of the Clones. Um, I don't know. But yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a thing where you go from green to blue or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. But Beth, you were... Uh, you. We, I kind of cut you off with the whole lightsaber thing. Oh, <laughs> no. That's, I mean, that was pretty much it. I think just my, my main thoughts right now are I would love, love the Jedi Finn stuff. And then obviously... I think there was so much more that they could do with Ben Solo's character um, just because he had, it is such, such a unique character. And again, we didn't get to see a whole lot of his childhood. And uh, again, after, as far as like, potentially there's like a world between worlds connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to see them go in like those two directions. Uh, But I mean, who knows? I'm just, it's all Star Wars is good Star Wars. So it's like the more content that's out there, the better. Yeah. Julia? Um, yeah, I just, I think, you know, I, when the, they announced a lot of the new books, including the one that's Luke and Lando and OG's Bastion, for example, yes. there were a lot of people that ended up blocked by me on Twitter saying things like, they're forcing me to care about Rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, hey, no one is forcing you to care about anything. Calm down. <laughs> um, yeah. And there seems to be a, a sense that, like, the material they're making now about the sequel trilogy is bad, but the material they made the connective tissue for the prequels which needed an insane amount of connective tissue to make it make any sense was good and it's just such a degree of cognitive dissonance where like i'm not a huge sequel trilogy fan but i'm also able to see that like there's this sense that what happened with the disney movies was some sort of like tragedy and i am old enough to remember the prequels and being a child and being told that star wars had been ruined and so it's not for me, a situation where, like, I was an adult by the time this movie came out, and I wasn't the target audience for them, and I didn't connect them in the way that people did, but there's nothing wrong with that, and there are aspects of them that I want yeah. more information about. And You're right I, on, right on the point. Yeah, I, like, I, the Exegol stuff, like, I love, the, I love weird Sith shit. Like, my favorite so part of I. Skywalker is the chanting Sith Eternal. I'm like, yes, this is so cool. It's just like I I love like there there are pieces of world building there that I think are fascinating I and agree. are worth fleshing out and I think this sort of violent back backlash to what Star Wars has already always done which is fills in the gaps in other material is just what they do and I yeah. I think you know in terms of what I would be interested in seeing um, I I don't even really know what that would look like at this point because I haven't rewatched the sequels in a really long time and I think I need to sort of sit down and reevaluate what I want from them and going forward because a lot of what I'm interested in is stuff that they're doing right now building towards the sequel. So like the stuff I'm yeah. most interested in is the New Republic and how it sort of how the New Republic was able to unable to recognize the threat of the First Order and leading to Leia having to sort of because it's, it's a different type of political problem where you have a yep. government who's sort of unwilling to recognize a threat. And I think that's really interesting. So um, mm-hmm. I've already got some of that stuff with like books like Bloodline, but Bloodline's also great. the weird cloning stuff. 
I love I love the weird Frankenstein <laughs> like stuff. I think it's really fun. I just taught Frankenstein yeah. a couple weeks ago and like re- reading that with my class and like looking at the connections there. And I just think it's so fun to get into the um, interesting philosophical questions of like trying to create life in the this, morality in this of that. Yeah. And I think that that's something I'm super interested in. So um, if you were to give me third Sith acolyte, like the app, for example, um, but like not a, a, a sequel's acolyte, like that like could be fun on Mustafar that Kylo Ren runs through. What's their yeah, deal? Right. What were they doing yeah, on it's... Mustafar? Like, I, I need to know cultists. Tell me more about the cultists. So um, I can tell you a little bit about that. Yeah, but they're yeah. just. They're just they're defending just... Vader's uh, castle, basically. But that's so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need yeah. to know, like, but like that's something I, I want more of. So, um, I just I don't even know where you go from the sequel trilogy because the Sith are functionally extinct, and so yeah. I don't have the creative capabilities to create a new type of enemy. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I truly don't know where to go from there. So. I'm open to anything, but I'm I'm really interested in like the lead up to the sequels in terms of when we're getting there. So no, yeah, absolutely. But I also want to say something you said earlier, the very tiny thing. I found out recently that the whole Pablo Hidalgo thing, he was defending Star Wars theory, mm-hmm. and I once I found that out, I was like, like this fandom burst <laughs> because it's yes. like a whole. It, it just really hit home to me how like sometimes you need to just go touch some grass. Like it was a sarcastic response. Yeah. It was a sarcastic yeah. response to someone who's making fun of theory. And he was like, Oh, I guess emotions aren't for sharing. Like jokingly, like, what is the point of star Wars? It's not to have this reaction and everybody took yeah. it out of context. And so yep. that just to me is really emblematic of like all of this new stuff coming out with the sequels where like people just have such irrational responses to it that it's yep. yeah. Crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. This 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 community can be the worst and it can mm-hmm. be the best. And exactly. I feel like that's a very good hitting point to end on. Uh guys, lovely guests, thank you for coming on. It was such an honor to have you guys on. And I it, it was great conversation. I knew this I knew this was gonna happen with you two because I I, I knew Mandalore, like when I was doing this, I was like Okay, first I know I gotta get I know I gotta get Julia. Cause mm-hmm. like Satine, Obi-Wan is her thing. And then Beth with her Mando knowledge. I was like, Yep, this is the pairing. This is what works. You guys did an amazing job. Thank you again for coming on. Uh Julia, where can the good people follow you on the socials? Um, I'm at Julia Christine77 on TikTok. And I'm also one half of Star Wars Bush Class podcast. We are recording a new episode on Sunday about intertextuality. Um, so it's been a while. Fern and I are both teachers. So like this part of the semester is just a nightmare where we're not able to get a lot done, but we will have a new episode coming out soon. Um, Star Wars English Class on Twitter and TikTok as well, but mostly just on TikTok um, is where you can find me. And like I said, I'm going to be doing a bunch of Obi-Wan content uh, coming up once the semester is over. Basically, cluing people into like if you're just kind of a movies fan and you want to get caught up before the show comes out what you need to kind of if you want to watch read the stuff what you can watch and read so yeah we will be having both of you on we will be doing a round table for obi-wan for the first episode of obi-wan and the final episode of obi-wan okay so it'd be kind of like a round table so you guys there there will be multiple people on 
died as a result of the show, I will be here. Uh, yeah. we will we will make sure that you are not dead. Yeah, <laughs> you you are now. Once you've been on the show, we we stay pretty close knit with our guests so that we cool. know that they're not dead. Good. So we're we're, we're pretty good at that. Um, Important. a lot of people can attest to that. But yeah, um, there will be a, a bunch of things coming out, especially, and we'll do the same thing for Book of Boba, um, especially the first and the last episode for those as well. But uh, be on the lookout for those. So these two will be back. Beth, where can the good people find you on the social medias? Oh, um, you guys can find me at mara.j.skywalker on TikTok. Um, I am I am I'm also a co-host of something that is currently in the middle of a rebrand, and I don't want to give it away. Um, so, so I'm very excited. excited. Former former Bad Batch support group, new name. Um, but it'll that'll be launched later this week, I think. So yes. keep your eyes out. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's where I am on on the clock app. <laughs> yeah i think it's good because if i'm if it's the title that i'm thinking of it it assumes that we are also supporting him which i am very for like i think he deserves a support group like not just for us but like for like he deserves the group like it's you know i feel I mean? that i feel like that's good like i feel like it's like he deserves to have yep he deserves a lot he deserves a lot of stuff like just yeah. he deserves the world. Let's the just poor, the poor boy has been through enough. He's been through just a needs lot. all the support. Uh, Char. Well, you can find me on TikTok at Char Char J, and I am one half of the Podmons podcast, and we go live every Thursday. But in this case, we go live. We went live today because of the holiday where you eat a lot and you talk to a lot of people. And uh, yes. Maybe depending on what you like, you watch some football. But yep, absolutely. Yep. Here and Char Char J on TikTok. That's where you can find. Uh, you can find us at the Pod Ones Podcast on TikTok, uh, at Pod Ones on Twitter, and at the Pod Ones Pod on Instagram. Thank you, everybody in the chat, for coming. Uh, you all are great. Thank you for supporting us. If it weren't for you guys, we. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Thanks to the guests that always come on and especially to YouTube, because I know obviously we're in the middle of a, a holiday uh, and we appreciate you guys taking time out of families and, and stuff like that. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, and for everybody else, uh, we will be back on Thursday with a, another special guest talking about Senate murders. Uh, but until then, may the force be with you. Lighten for life. May the force be with you always. Have a great rest of your day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.